0: High School Slumber Party BTE is a Cage Club podcast network production. For all things Cage Club and High School Slumber Party related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, High School Slumber Party. That's High School Slumber Party.
1: Slusha, slusha, slumber. I remember her number like the summer When her and Suzy, yeah, they threw a slumber Party, but you can't I call it that because it was slumber Well, it was more like spending night Three in the morning yawning, dancing under street lights We chilling like a villain and a nothing feeling right In the middle of the ghetto, on the curb, but in spite All of the bush, we on our back staring at the stars above Talking about what we gonna be when we grow up I say what you wanna be? She said, alive It made me think for a minute, then looked in her eyes I could have died, time went on, I got
0: welcome back everyone this is high school slumber parties the black teen experience i'm Brian rodriguez (laughs) and of course we have with us kirkland shepherd kirk i know we talked a little off air but publicly how have you been how's it going i'll save you the the covid drama
2: (laughs) i've been all right i've been all right um you know same shit same shit no news is good news and uh, just trudging
0: along Today we're talking The Wood Which I'm excited about Because, you know, when we started this little, this little journey here We started with Boys in the Hood Classic movie, you know Everyone knows Boys in the Hood Then House Party Everyone probably should know House Party I feel like everyone knows House Party The other day I texted you Like, oh, what, what movie should we talk about next? And you're like, you know I think you were like, give me a day to think about it You come back with The Wood And I'd never seen The Wood heard of it from walking in Blockbuster, you know, when I was younger, seeing the that poster of like the three guys walking with their pictures in the background. I'm like, oh, okay, this should be good. This should be interesting. But this is, I think, the first film in our journey that, how can I put it, is not necessarily known as a classic, if you will. And I'll be even more blunt. This is a movie that I only think, like, black people know. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't want, sure. I hope it don't sound, like, weird saying For that, sure. You know? No, no, no. That's just facts. <laughs> that is just facts.
2: Super, even in the black community, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the most, definitely one of the most, if not the most underrated,
0: like, black insiders film. <laughs> well... Honestly, I wrote the term underrated down while I was watching it because I was watching it and I'm like, why have I not seen this film? You know, I should have been seeing this film and maybe it's my biases growing up. Maybe I wasn't stopping on Encore Black, you know, or <laughs> or, or HBO. I forgot the HBO Black channel, what it's called. <laughs> but, you know, what I mean. like this is just a movie. We talked about this previously. Like I felt like growing up they would kind of put aside the black movies and put them in their own genre and just, not that you didn't go there because they were bad, it's just like, oh, I'm, not, I'm just not watching that. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm going to watch American <laughs> Pie, which came out the same year. I'm not watching The Wood. You know? And not, be, again, not because it's, ne- I can't describe why, but there was just this barrier. Like I said, that they, if they felt the need, and they still feel the need, to have these black channels, uh, like HBO. I don't remember the HBO one. <laughs> Core, I guess it's just encore black I thought there was an HBO one But I know there's like Oh it's stars in black so, <laughs> so. <laughs> It's stuff like that Where you're just like okay You know that that's, that's marketed for certain uh, That's
2: so funny They went like they doubled down Because stars is always ghetto as shit Anyway <laughs> I didn't even know about The next level <laughs> They were like just in case This isn't budget enough we're going stars in black.
0: give you that corner store shit. Regardless, right? Like, I, I don't know. This is a movie that I think, I'm just going to say off the bat, that I think anyone who's into coming of age stories should see, but this also felt specifically personal to the directors and the filmmakers, and I really can't wait to talk about it, so... Uh, Kirk, what's your history with The Wood? And why'd you pick The Wood as the third film we talk about here on our series? Oh, man. I just remember being,
2: I just remember laughing, like laughing my ass off. And some of these movies, you know, they're serious. Like, you ain't really laughing at boys and girls. H- or you're laughing at shit you're not, air quotes, supposed to laugh at. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. But um, I wanted to do another like feel good joint, and I hadn't seen it. I hadn't seen it in a while, so.
0: So you had seen this before?
2: I had seen it before. It's back been, in the day, yeah, it's been way long, but all the same spots,
0: still punching me in the gut, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this is what another reason why I wanted to do the series. It wasn't just for the Boys in the Hoods and the house parties that most people have seen. It was for these movies that I haven't seen that I think more people need to see. So let's read the back of the DVD and, and get into it. Lots of guys have second thoughts about marriage. Three hours before his wedding, Roland is having third, fourth, and fifth thoughts. Good thing his best buddies Slim and Mike are around to sort those feelings out and to remember their coming of age days in the wood. (Parentheses Englewood, California, from the big dance to the f- to first love, the rites of passage that are part of everyone's growing up are winningly chronicled in this unforgettable tale of laughs and friendships that's set to the most memorable musical grooves of the eighties. So this film is directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Very personal story. For him, um, he actually moved to Englewood, California, in junior high as well. This is a movie too, though. I thought I was gonna find all this scholarship on and all these articles written about it. I'll use IMDb trivia a lot. There was four trivia facts, and usually you'll see thirty to a hundred trivia facts about a movie. I I was really surprised by that because this seemed like a movie that especially in the last couple of years when I looked it up, a lot of people have started to talk about this movie as being like a really good coming-of-age movie that I think people forgot about. So I don't know if it's going to be BuzzFeed or one of these sites, even like a GQ does this sometimes. Someone is going to do the great article on The Wood where they talk to the actors and do it. It hasn't been done yet, or at least I didn't find it yet, but if you're a journalist out there, do it because people want it. Again, there's not enough info on this movie. From what I could dig up, though, is that he went to USC and he wrote this really great short film and that got him into Sundance's director's lab, which is kind of an internship, but I don't know if they pay you. They don't really pay you a lot. He was working at Nike Town when he was writing this script in, I think, Beverly Hills or whatever, going to the, the writer's lab or director's lab, trying to get this thing moving. And he just wanted to make a story basically about his childhood, which if you talk to everyone who's ever wanted to direct a film, their first film or one of the first films they make is something related to that, right? Yeah. It just always goes back to, like, George Lucas had his American Graffiti. This this is his kind of film here. And one of the big things that he was, that he's mentioned even now, is that he didn't want people to think, like, L.A., especially in the L.A. black community, was all, like, Boys in the Hood. Mm. Like Compton, people getting shot at. Yeah, we see gangs in this. I'm not saying that doesn't exist, but his upbringing was rather suburban, especially, like, in Englewood. This is his quote. People come to L.A. and they expect to see a ghetto like the projects, but it's not that way. That's not the way it's set up. Englewood, in particular, is the furthest thing from a ghetto. It's a middle-class community, but it's gotten a bad rap over the years. And that's something I found that was really cool here, too, because, again, Boys in the Hood is South Central, Compton kind of, you know, environment, also in L.A. House Party, as we discussed, kind of felt like a fantasy town. You know, just like this... Perfect little suburban town yeah. If you're going to name a movie The Wood or about your hometown I like it to have a sense of character And yeah, I don't really know the geography Of Englewood by watching this movie Anything like that But you do get a sense of How the people live And just what kind of kids are going to this high school um, and, and again, I love seeing that Are you? Have you been out to L.A.? Are you familiar with Englewood at all?
2: Yes but not super familiar. Like I've been out there. <clears throat> Obviously, I've been to LA, all the main parts of LA. But definitely been to Englewood, just like <laughs> like once or twice. They got to swap me out there on the on the weekends. That like one of my homeboys who's like super hood wanted me to go through see all the all the cars and shit. Yeah, I've been to all the main spots, but I don't. I'm not familiar with it like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I only knew it really from uh, what's it called. Lakers used to play in Englewood. That's where the Forum was. And the new stadium's built in El- Englewood for like the Rams and stuff. But I don't really know much about it. Um, I've seen the pictures and movies. When he pitched this, he actually got um, you know he he got a deal from MTV Films to do this via Paramount. And we covered a lot of MTV Films here. Obviously, you can imagine they do a lot of uh, just teen projects. Um, this is a little bit different. But the main reason that MTV kind of wanted to sign it up was for the Soundtrack, they really um, thought they could produce a good soundtrack. Um, and if you're a first time director and you get MTV to produce your soundtrack in 1999, especially, I was just watching um, like about a month ago the MTV VMAs from 1999, which are oh, yeah, they have like it in like 10 15 minute increments on YouTube, and I just had it on in the background. It's insane. Everyone, check that out because it's crazy. Um, there are moments, and I, I might have said this on the podcast, I'm not sure, but there are moments that are just, you're like, oh my god. Chris Rock is the host, and the stuff he's saying could never be said in 2021. I'm definitely going to watch that. <laughs> There's a moment, well my favorite moment is the Beastie Boys win for like best rap album, and like Diana Ross, Mary J. Blige, and Lil' Kim are presenting, and thats uh, I like, think Lil' Kim had like the dress where one of her boobs was out. Like, oh with the yeah
2: it's like the mermaid looking yeah. thing <laughs> it's <clears throat> and purple purplish
0: i think it's i think it's mary j blige or it might be even diana ross one it's of them diana ross touches it yeah she touches it <laughs> but that like, i don't know when that that wasn't in it like in the i don't know if that cut that from the youtube clip uh-huh. to just like avoid censorship i'm not sure because that's what i was like originally watching but like, didn't that happen or am i crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but when uh i think it's mary j blige Announces that the Beastie Boys won. She's like visibly pissed off because you know these all black artists, all artists she knows. But Beastie, Beastie Boys are like great, you know they're OG. So whatever. And they get up there and they say the most like wonderful progressive speech. They talk about like you know Woodstock '99 and how there was like a lot of rapes and a lot of abuse of women and that as entertainers and, and producers they can't allow that. They have to put the foot down on that whatever, and, you know, it's actually a very, like, a speech you would hear today, and uh, I, I wish I just watched it right now, but Chris Rock pulls out of it and, like, everyone's, like, visibly annoyed that they're getting political, and he says something along the lines of some, like, offensive comment to women, like, just get, everyone, let's get back and talking about that, you know? <laughs> or, or did you see, see J-Lo's ass? It's literally something <laughs> along those lines. Like, wow. You know, no matter what we say, even... I would say the most crazy person today is like, fuck that, I'm not changing with this world, still doesn't talk like the average person talked in 1999. That's so funny. <laughs> it's insane. Why are we talking about that? Though? Oh, in 1999, MTV again produced this, so you know they wanted a hot soundtrack. $6 million budget, and it ends up doing $25 million at the box office, which is huge on a $6 million budget. Still not like a movie that a lot of people are going to talk about, but... I think over you know over time that this movie has kind of gained some traction. Because like I said, online people were talking very highly of it. Let's talk quickly about the cast. I think the adults are more famous than the kids. And the way this movie works is through flashbacks. As mentioned in the back of the DVD, one of the dudes is getting married, Roland. And he's having second thoughts, if you will. <laughs> and his friends are kind of just trying to get him back there and... If you think about linearly what happened in this movie, especially as adults, it takes place literally over three hours, three or four hours, right? The the, the adult parts.
2: You know what's interesting? You asked me why I picked this movie. Remember, I think I said during House Party, I have this thing for Mm. like those films that have the one day. And I remember I always found that comforting that you are coming back to the same dudes in the same day the same situation same clothes
0: and if you grew up you know with a group of friends you know your guys or whatever you have times like this where you're reminiscing you, you see them again and you start talking about things that happened when you were growing up and that's oh, yeah. this movie it's just like kicking it with your <laughs> friends and again there's more drama here than just like hanging out with your friends but just like, oh, remember when that happened, remember when that happened, remember when that happened, and you just go back to stories. I mean, from the jump, just having a close group of friends that I grew up with, some of them you've met, you know, uh, from high school, some of them I've even had on this show, and you know, whenever we hang out, just talking about the stories of us yeah. in high school and stuff like that. Um, did you uh, draw from any of that from your own life when watching this film? I can't imagine someone watching this and not doing that. Oh, yeah.
2: Ah, uh, for sure. There was There's almost too much... <laughs> too much to even pinpoint, you know?
0: Did you have a group of friends like this? Was it maybe a bigger group of friends in high school? I know you played football. I know you played basketball. I don't know if it was like that. But, you know, there's some people who just have like the three and there's some people who just float around, you know? What was so funny about this, and maybe this is one of the reasons, I had a bigger group of
2: friends in high school. I mean, I always had like a large group of friends. But then once I got to college, to HU, it was really just like that core. Mm. three. Which is still like the other two. Who will who will definitely be on here? It's I'm waiting. Long. I'm waiting. But yeah, it was
0: it was super relatable. <laughs> super relatable. So Omar Epps is kind of our lead here. He plays Mike. Uh, Sean Nelson plays the younger Mike, and it's funny when I originally put The Wood on this list. It was just because I saw it on a list of black teen movies, and I was like, really. That's a teen movie because everything I'd seen is just, again, that poster of the guys and like, the wedding tuxedos yeah, yeah. walking around. And I thought it was just about the adults. And this was clearly marketed that way rather than, like, a, a teen yeah. film. But they spend oh. most of the time with, with them as kids. It's, I think it's more than 50-50 yeah. of, like, the kids stuff versus the adult stuff. They keep going back to the adult stuff, but just, like, a five-minute cut scene. And then they go into these scenes of them growing up. So I found it so funny good. that they, they cast Omar Epps. Which, by the way, the director, while he was writing it as a kid, not knowing that the film was going to get made, he wanted Omar Epps for this lead role. So, I think Oh, yeah? That, I think that's pretty awesome. Omar Epps, I think, is a name that people know, but where do you really know him from? Oh, man. Um, it's like everything. <laughs> right? Because I was looking, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't shit, even shit know him. He's in Juice. Yeah. He's in everything. 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 Uh, love and Basketball. Everything. Uh, and then just, again, House, like things on TV like that, too. I mean... Good for Omar Epps. He's he's had a career. Omar know?
2: Epps is kind of like the black, the like the black Keanu Reeves with regard to always playing the same person. <laughs> fair fair. You know, like he just never really has to change who he is as a character. You know,
0: for sure. I mean, I think yeah, he he looks like a Pittsburgh Steelers coach, Mike Tomlin. He does. That's another thing that people have talked about I, a lot.
2: I, I've never heard that.
0: <laughs> oh shit! He sure does. And then, like I said, Sean Nelson plays the younger version of him. I'll, I'll tell you what, and maybe you guys can correct me out there, but all the kids, I think, do a great job, but they're not really names, you know? None of these kids... I was like, oh, this kid probably grew up to his own show or his own movies. Yeah. and Not really. Do you know what's, what is insane? We'll get into the,
2: the actual film. <clears throat> but there are a couple scenes, you know, But they're like really, like sexualizing the. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh well, how old are they, right? Because the main girl, uh, Alicia, Mm -hmm. that he's going after, she was 29 years old.
0: Yes, so (laughs) so I was gonna. I wanted to talk about that. Oh, you can Um, no, because it's it's hilarious. But quickly with the guys, so Richard T. Jones plays Slim, um, and then Dwayne Finley. Was the younger self. I didn't know this guy, Richard T. Jones. Were you familiar with him?
2: Yes, but just like you want to talk about black shit. You're only seeing him if you're like going to like your hood black auntie's house and watching. <laughs> and he was my favorite character in the movie. Oh, he's great. He's my, he's my. That's favorite. why I was
0: shocked that I didn't know him. But but I'll take your word for it. When I looked at his filmography, it was stuff that like I was not. Yeah, you ain't seen him. Enough. Oh, he's in Soul Plane. I don't... <laughs> why did I get married? Why did I get married to... Yeah, these aren't the movies that you're like. Oh, I'm gonna spend
2: my Friday night watching. It.
0: <laughs> but good for him; he's still working. He's great, Richard T. Jones. Great. As Slim is amazing in this film. Again, I love how they paired the younger kids with the older actors. Like, I think they're, I think they fit well. I like the younger version of him and the older version of him, and I thought they were seamless. In like, I was like, oh, that kid does grow up to be that yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tay Diggs plays Roland, the guy who's getting married. Uh, Trent Cameron plays his younger self. Uh, Tay Diggs was very, you know, very, very hot at the time. Broadway actor, I think he broke out in Rent and stuff. Stella got a groove back. Best man, best man, holiday. Uh, <laughs> this was definitely my favorite. Tay Diggs. He's interesting, right? Because like you mentioned, Richard T. Jones, and he's mostly in like black movies, right? Tay Diggs is someone who definitely, again, like I said. He breaks out on rent. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's married to or he was married to, like, yeah, Adina Manzel, like, you know, the woman who did Frozen. Oh and... no,
2: D- Tay Diggs <laughs> has that crossover. Yes, that's and, really and I'm like, I'll be surprised at how many white girls, when like they talk about like hot black guys, will put Tay Diggs in the list. Like my girlfriend put Tay Diggs in the list. Well, wow. I was like I was like, Well what the fuck does that say about me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head with that too. Like he has such a cr- crossover appeal, we'll call it. I yeah, don't know if it this is.
2: safe, I don't know or maybe like I mean, look. Dude had body. That's for sure.
0: Well, th- yeah, there's a scene where they're all like hosing each other off. I'm like, what? The? <laughs> like, which uh, we'll, we'll talk about it, but I I do have my thoughts on that. Maybe you can. Is it Sana? This Sana Lathan. Sanaya. Sanaya okay. Sanaya. I was like, I was like I don't, okay. So Sanaa Lathan. Would be funny to
2: get on. Oh, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that <laughs> in. Let, it, let it I'll, come, I'll, I'll keep, keep that next time
0: in. Let it go. We're gonna have a lot of those. <laughs> so it's Sanaya. Sanaa Lathan. <laughs> Sanaya Lathan. So guys, you're getting a little background is it here. Sanaa? I'm not great at pronouncing oh, that's it. So Sanaya Lathan. I mean, I. Just, <laughs> Is there are names you read that you'd never say out loud. Yeah. And, that, and that's one of them. Um, Saniah Lathan plays Alicia, and Melinda Williams plays the young Alicia. And you just brought this up, which is a hilarious fact about this movie. Melinda Williams, who plays young Alicia, is one year older than Saniah Lathan, who plays old Alicia. Oh my God. How did that happen? Because we were t- talking about that with House Parts.
2: Yeah. Right? How they leveled Any- everything out. And even boys in the Hood. Like, and what's crazy was it started that shit started in middle school,
0: I think. Which I didn't even realize. I thought there were high schoolers. <laughs> yeah. Junior high. And then was then like halfway through, we were in high school. I'm
2: like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was always one of those weird things because she, um I don't know remember her real name, Alicia. She was like fine. This happens a lot in black movies. The girl's like fine, but she looks like my cousin. <laughs> So you're just weirded out and you're just like ooh that's hilarious. I don't know how to react to this. Yeah, this happens this is going to come up again and again. <laughs> and you'll look at the girl and be like, "Oh yeah, I see it cuz I'm talking about the same girl." That's
0: <laughs> hilarious. So, okay. yes, Melinda Williams is young Alicia <laughs> 1 year older than Sinaya, than Yeah, Yes, and so now Latham and Tay Diggs are actually the stars together of Love and Basketball. Mm-hmm. So they got that pair together again. Though she's only in the end of the movie.
2: Yeah.
0: Melinda Williams is mostly the Alicia here. You don't even know if she, we're going to see her or anything like that. Um, anyone else in the film re- who really stuck out to you cast-wise? Oh, yeah. Her brother. So, DeAndre. DeAndre. <laughs> it's it's from... not spelled the traditional DeAndre way, <laughs> but DeAndre Bonds plays Stacey. Phenomenal. Stacy is the brother. Actually, so this director, Rick Famuyiwa, he directed a movie called Brown Sugar. Talk to me, but we he directed another movie that I do want to cover on this podcast called Dope in 2015 that everyone loved. Dope, I saw Dope. Dope was an awesome film. I didn't realize I didn't realize he did the wood as well. But the character of Stacy actually comes back in Dope. So Dope and this are in the same universe. Apparently. In dope. And I didn't realize that because i had seen this. fun. He played... And I have to watch Dope again. But yeah. he plays, uh, like... I guess he's working at the high school now. And he's like a, a security guard or something at the high school. And Dope takes place in Englewood. So yeah. like, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. I gotta watch that again. Well, it's we'll on the list, so Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was great. You know who I loved? Just separately. You don't see too much of everyone's parents in this. But I love seeing the parents, especially, just to flash forward, there's a scene at the end with all the moms just like, yeah, you know, just giving it yeah. to their sons. I love seeing that. There's a couple of moments with, like, a, a dad character. You know, I thought everyone in this movie really did a great job of, like, what they were. Yeah. This is an interesting story, I guess. Well, there's a dad in this movie. Uh, let me see if I can get... I don't even see him on this IMDb, but... It must be the father. Yes, the father of the bride. When he's taking Roland and he's like making him apologize. (laughs) Uh, At the end, yeah. 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 This guy, (laughs) I think he's doing such a great job. And it brought me back to college, my freshman year of college. I had two roommates. Steve, who is this nerdy white kid from Massachusetts. One day, I haven't told my college stories on this podcast. It's a high school podcast. But I had a weird, weird... Especially freshman year, but weird college experience. I was kicked out of my first dorm room. And I had to move in the middle. They moved me in the middle of the night with a security guard escort to what? What another dorm room. I'll, I'm going to briefly tell it. I'll tell the long version another time. But I got into an argument with my roommate there. And, uh, <coughs> and he flipped out over something silly. And he flipped out. And I had like a box cutter to open. Look at this. Oh Before God. I said that, I had a box cutter to open my boxes. <coughs> And at one point, Holy shit. a couple days before, he was arguing with my other roommate about where to put a TV or whatever. I was like five feet away from him and I took the box that I was like, do I have to cut one of you guys? That's all I said, right? But I was kidding. Right. We got into an argument about something else. He went to the school administration and said I put a knife on him and they threatened him. <laughs> and they were like, did you say this to him? I'm like, yeah, I did. But I was kidding. You know what I mean? Like, can I see the nightfall? It was, it was a thing. Whatever. Look, if I if they really thought I did it, they would have kicked me out of school if yeah. I held a knife to someone, okay? But instead, they were like, nope, you got to move out of this dorm. you got to move to a different dorm. So it was like 11 o'clock at night. The security guards came. They're like, you got to be out by 12. Here's a, like a dolly for your things. Let's go to the other dorm. And they moved me into this dorm, you know, the other side of our residence village. And I met, you know, my two roommates. And then my first roommate, Steve, who I mentioned from Massachusetts... He was, like, sitting Indian-style, reading a book on, like, different dragons that he could use in, I don't know, his Dungeons & Dragons game or something. I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. And my other roommate, Pat, nicest guy in the world, black kid from Dallas, you know? They couldn't have been more opposite. They both told me that they didn't even talk to each other, you know what I mean? Not because they hated each other, they just had nothing to Uh talk about. So, I... You know, I was thrown into that room, and not that we became best friends, but we had some really, really great conversations, and we started talking. It was nice to, like, see two worlds that I wasn't a part of on either side, but bring together. So I, I bring it up because I remember one morning, we're all sleeping in our beds, and Steve is awake, and Steve is on the phone with his mom, and he's talking with his mom, and he's saying, like, oh, blah, blah, blah whatever. They're having a nice conversation, and then he's like, oh, mom, by the way, I need a little bit of money. Can you send the money here? We could hear his mom on the other line. She's like, "I'm not sending you money. You know, you've wasted all the money." And he just starts cursing out his mom. <laughs> Steve must be the lie kid. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm gonna say? He was like, "Fuck you, moms." You know, I need like, blah blah blah. He like goes on a rant, and this is like at like 7, 8, 8. You know, it was probably like ten eleven, <laughs> but like for college, it felt, it, like, it felt like seven a.m. As Steve gets off the phone and Pat, he's like. Yo, if that was my dad, he would whoop my ass. <laughs> <He's> like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Are you crazy?
2: I would either be checking the fucking the dorm room door for the next, like, 12 hours. And I lived four hours away from my parents' house. Or I would just know that I couldn't go home. <laughs>
0: and just the way he said that. And I never met his dad. And it just brought me back to that story when that dad has, like, the, you know, the the husband-to-be, and he's just like, apologize, you know Yeah, holy (laughs) shit, (laughs) yup.
2: Oh my goodness, you guys are a Motley crew, box cutter Brian.
0: (laughs) Oh man, yeah, one day I'll tell, once we get done all the high school stories, I'll tell my college stories. (laughs) But let's talk about this movie, let's talk about The Wood. The way this starts with that song, it's like, back in the day, you know? Oh, yeah, it's the jam. Boom. I was like, okay, I'm in. Like, (laughs) from the jump, I'm in. As someone who, you know, had a wedding more than a year ago, almost two years now, I guess a year and a half ago, I get it just from that opening moment. Not necessarily I wasn't at all like Tay Diggs' character or anything like that, but weddings are so crazy. Everyone starts talking and contemplating shit, and you're seeing people you weren't going to see. Not that I hated my wedding, but so at certain points it was really tough being there because it's two hundred and fifty people in the room and everyone's looking at you and you turn around and you know everybody in that room. And some people love that. But I like to go to weddings and eat my eat my cocktail hour food and flip yeah. in the background and talk to people, yeah, I talk to people I know but I don't want to know everyone. I don't want to go to the bathroom when everyone pissing at the urinal is someone you know. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was an uncomfortable 24 hours, to say the least. They say, like, brides and grooms hardly eat at their wedding. And that's why, you know? You're on the clock the entire time. And it's such a relief, at least for me when it ends. Again, some people are built for it. Some people want to be the <laughs> that's star. That's so funny. But I get it. Like, it, it's tough to be in that situation for all of them. Knowing that now, I'm so much more there for my friends who get married, you know? You missed out, man. The food at your wedding was... <laughs> well, I, again, I wish I could have attended my wedding as a guest. That would have been nice. Yeah. That would have been my dream. Great night. <laughs> um, but, you know, we open up and Omar Epps is already talking to us, right? I love it. I love it. It reminds me of Ferris Bueller. reminds me of so many other great things. And, you know, he's the adult version of himself. But they're not that old, right? right. Like, even in 99, people were getting married a lot younger than they are um today but let's see he said he said they've known each other for 14 years right i was trying to do the math before so i don't know they're like their mid-20s kind of yeah maybe later 20s yeah maybe late 20s i'm not again if you got married in your 20s i'm not dissing you so uh, i'm gonna catch about what i'm about to say but like i feel like today one of my friends is married in their 20s i'm like really (laughs) that happens you know i mean (laughs) yeah uh
2: regardless my girlfriend my current girlfriend got married in her twenties. Mm.
0: Well to my girlfriend. I was gonna say she's clearly <laughs> more. <laughs> but something I actually really liked about this movie is the fact that it wasn't how can I put it? There's so many movies that are like go back in the day that every character in the newer time is a character from the old time and everyone happened to know each other. You know what I mean? That's the hot thing to do. Oh, every girl who we see in the past we see her in the future, right? But we don't we don't really see that here. Yeah. A lot of people disappear. A lot of people just <clears throat> lose connection. So it builds anticipation because the main girl in this, Alicia, you don't know if she's coming back. You know, you have to assume because it's a movie. But he's not like, oh, I can't wait till Alicia shows up or anything like that. And there are plenty of people in this film that we don't see their we don't see their modern self, right? Like uh, the other guy has a girlfriend at some point. You know, I don't know. I was happy that, with the fact that. There are some other movies that will keep going back and forth between childhood and adulthood, and everyone's met each other in the past. Even these new like Star Wars things, it's like, oh, remember that character you love who was in like three seconds of the film? Well, he was friends with this guy yeah, yeah, way back yeah, yeah. when. It's like, really? The whole fucking galaxy, and you all hung out together when you were young? To, to see this, how organic it felt and how real it felt, that was like so cool. And I love, too, when... When we open up and Omar Epps is explaining the wood and he's like, what do you think it is? No, nah, I'm kidding. You know? <laughs> it's Englewood, California. I thought it was cool. And then we just jumped to 1986. Anything early on in this film that really <clears throat> stuck out to you? I laughed out loud
2: literally within the first like two minutes, maybe even less. And I remembered exactly why I love this movie. And it was... When he's talking about Slim, he's standing in the hallway, talking to the... What do they call that? Breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the camera for the first time. And Slim comes out, and he's like... He says, fuck is this nigga, man? Who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and he walks at the camera. And I remembered, at that moment, that it was his character. And literally everything that came out of his mouth from that
0: moment made me laugh. Hilarious. <laughs> And this movie goes for it in terms of, like, the language, right? Like, they're not—whitewashing is a bad word, but I literally mean that. You know, they're not whitewashing yeah. it. They drop, like, the N-word casually, like like it's casual conversation. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not meant in this movie for, like, oh, my God, you yes. just said that. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah. It's casual conversation. And even, like, the stuff we'll talk about with the teens— You know, the stuff they do, the stuff they say. This movie goes for it in every respect and level. And that's what made it feel so deeply personal. It was one of those things where, like, you know that happened when you were young. Or you know you said and did those things. We're not pretending here. Let's just do it. (laughs) So when we get to 1986, I actually love, like, the introduction uh, of, you know, how we meet the group here. When Mike shows up and he's moved from North Carolina, the way he's pronouncing it, like, Carolina. Carolina, yeah. <laughs> the only time he can keep his accent and shit. <laughs> yes, yes, fair. Fair. When they're talking, he's like, oh, you play ball? He's like, I play baseball, that kind of stuff. I thought that was super cool, just them <clears> meeting <throat> the Jerry Curl on Slim. And it's like, of course he would have a Jerry Curl. Even when you meet the guy in the future and he's bald or whatever, like, of, you would say, of course that guy is a Jerry yeah. Curl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the big inciting incident, and this is not going to fly in 2020, but you got to understand, different era when the movie was made, different era where they're taking place is Mike sees Alicia and he's just like in love or whatever. There's that scene in the schoolyard though when the other friends are like, oh, I'll bet you a dollar if you grab her ass. Yeah. I was really yeah. determined and for a dollar it was worth the risk,
3: and the booty was looking good, mm. Now all this time, I was trying so hard to fit in, I never stopped and asked myself why the hell they ain't want to grab a butt.
1: A brother? Yeah, man, Stacy. Yeah, remember that talk we had about Bloods and Crips, man? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that nigga's a blood. He coming to get me after school, and then he gonna kick your ass. Bet on that, punk. Something, something. Man, man. Oh man well, Why y'all ain't tell me Hey man, I'm, I'm sorry man I didn't think she'd get that mad personally no, I, I guess since you knew, she just tripped Yeah man No man, y'all in this with me man, man, What? Man, you man, you man. tripping All I know is you better run up out of here when school is over
0: wow. And this is one thing So I was hanging out with some of my friends recently And I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk to Wood next week They're like, oh I'm like, have you seen it? They're like, no, I haven't seen it I do remember that trailer. And, like, I'll never forget that scene where the guy grabs that girl's ass. (laughs) And you look online, probably the most memorable thing from this film, believe it or not. Uh. Which is weird to think about. Because it's like these junior high kids grabbing a junior high girl's ass. Mind you, like you said, she's a 29-year-old playing someone at junior high. I think that's what made me look up her age. I was like, what are
2: they doing? (laughs) They, like, closed in on her butt in the shorts. I was like,
0: And I was like, oh, no. Are they really going there? But... (laughs) It made me think back in high school, and I hate to say it because this is not right, and I hope this doesn't happen today. I, I feel like we've evolved, and we l- know a little bit more, and we respect women a little bit more. But I'm not going to pretend that stuff like this wasn't happening even when I went to high school. Yeah. I know a bunch of friends who were like, the girl's wearing a short skirt. Let me lift up her skirt in the hallway and run away. Like That stuff was happening when I went to high school. Yeah. Again, I'm not yeah. saying it's good, but... Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I do not think any of that is going, is, is going, at least not unpunished. If you did that today, you were expelled. Yeah. You were expelled. But back then, it was kind of like, again, when I was going to high school, it was, you were maybe, you had to go to detention. Yeah. In 1986, it was boys being boys. Boys you being know?
2: boys. Oh my god. <laughs> it's literally. amazing
0: how things change here. So, I'm not gonna shit on the movie for having that kind of inciting incident, because, again... The times when it was made and the times that they're depicting when it was made and the times that they're depicting, yeah. They and it's not about. honestly; it's not like they're like, oh yeah. Like the joke is that none of those guys would have probably done that right. shit. They're betting him the dollar, and he doesn't. And she stands up for herself. She's like, totally. She's like, fuck you. you know yeah, I mean? he gets he gets the, the kitchen sink thrown at him for that. <laughs> so in that respect, again, like I said, American Pie comes out in 1999. I think there is much more fucked up stuff in American Pie when we look back than in this film. Yeah, white
2: kids, man. (laughs) (laughs) Black girls don't play that shit.
0: (laughs) I guess what I didn't mention, too, one of the other big inciting incidents is like when he's in that classroom and the teacher tells him to come up, but the first time he sees Alicia... Uh, he he gets a boner, he gets an erection, and this is like a recurring thing throughout the film. It's like, "Oh shit, what do I do?" And I'm like, "Wow, they went there. Yeah, early on, they went there with this. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh man, you know what's funny is you were <laughs> you were like, oh, thinking about the things that you would relate to. You know, the dance scene, <clears throat> like that whole you know watching your well, we'll just speak freely, watching your boner thing." <laughs> that was a conversation that was definitely a conversation that was something I remember and I remember this is going to sound so so crazy but I don't know you guys so it's alright they used to call it waist belting Mm. and they used to say you gotta be ready for the waist belt you gotta turn around and do the waist belt boom tuck it up (laughs) tuck it up so you're good to go and then off to the races
0: haven't heard that in a while (laughs) There's so many things like that though in this movie that I'm like they went there and that's real. Um, <laughs> how about the the scene before we get into like the brother and the romance here? How about the scene where uh, Mike is just practicing dancing in his living room because he's afraid he doesn't know how to dance? I love that. Like that's like cutesy, hilarious, but also just like the. <laughs> I, I think we've all maybe not to that level. I think we've all been there in terms of like, especially when you realize it's junior high. Yeah, definitely. And in your own way,
2: you know, like I can't put my finger on what exactly it was. For me, it wasn't like the dancing. But I remember there were those things, you know, that you were like hyper insecure about. And we're like, nobody's around. It's (laughs) it's time to get this right. It's time to figure it out. That scene was great because it set the whole foundation for like who this kid was. You know, it was like Sonny in the living room. His mom comes in. Which, during that scene, my girlfriend, who's a nurse, as is your wife, came in and she's like, I was first laughing about, like, the outfit, yeah, right? The nurse's, like, orderly outfit. They're like, oh, we're going to let you know right now that this is a hard-working woman. (laughs) with a good job. And da-da-da-da-da. And she was, like, laughing about some pins that were, like, on her collar. Like, nursing pins that nobody wears. Like, you get when you become a nurse. Like, nobody really wears those pins. She thought that was the funniest thing she'd ever seen. That, like, she had those pins on in the scene.
0: Yeah. They do this a lot in teen movies where they want to show, like, single mom was working hard. It's like, put him in the nurse uniform. Have him look like a nurse from the 40s. You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she yeah. works hard? Okay, we get it. It's
2: <laughs> oh, that's so funny. It works, though. <laughs> and then there just happened
0: to be a giant bunny. Rabbit. That's so weird. Yeah, and he's just like making it with what? the bunny. Okay. <laughs> but you also see that, like, again, he's moved into this town, and apparently he's moved a lot. And the, what the mom says to her, like, "Oh, I think we're gonna be here a while," or she's like, "Oh, you don't. You're practicing dancing because he met a girl." That kind of things. You see, they have a pretty good family. You know. Yeah. I do want to compare this to the other films we covered and the other films I think on our list that I've seen. <coughs> There's so many like black teen films specifically, that really portray black teen life as like, this is really tough. This is really hard. I'm going to get shot every day or anything like that. And I'm with it. That's real. I'm not against it. But the positivity in this film is really awesome, you know? Even in like the darkest point of the movie, I'm always like feeling really good watching this movie, you yeah. know? It's not like, oh, fuck. Like <laughs> What's the line in, in uh, Boys in the Hood? Like, either they don't know they don't show, or they don't really care what's going on in the hood. You're like, yeah. Fuck, man. And again, I get it, and that's what that filmmaker wanted to tell. But this filmmaker is like, "Yo, growing up was tough, but shit, like this is fun." <laughs> I think, I
2: think, I think that's why the wood broke through. You know, for us, because we were seeing the same story, but there wasn't. This is like a this is a major story. I, who knows percentages? Right. But this was like a huge story that wasn't being told, you know, it was like, oh, like life isn't that bad. You know, I'm not worried about my health and safety every second of the day that da, it da, da. shit's fucked up. if You go down the wrong street, mm-hmm. but we don't
0: go down the wrong street. So, you know, we're worried about the dance, <laughs> which is most of the teen films I cover, like most of the teen films I cover are not like, I'm going to get shot tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Most of it's like, oh, I want to ask the pretty girl to the dance. I don't know what to do. So I, I think that's is so cool to see here because it's just, it, again, it felt positive. I want to bring up the brother. You said you really like that character. Great. So Alicia's brother is, he's a gangbanger. He's a blood. They make that very clear. He wears his red or whatever. But he is honestly one of the most hilarious characters in the entire movie, first he kicks, he, he kicks Mike's ass for grabbing, you know, his sister's ass, which you get right. But he ends up respecting him for it. Like he's like, you know, you stood up to me. That was cool. I loved that. Yeah. And he's not like one of the. He's not like a doughboy character. Like, oh shit, I don't want to mess with this guy. I don't want to say he was a joke. It wasn't to that level. It it was
2: perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. It was like you're right. Not a joke but redeemable in, in a way, you know? Like, when he's doing the when
0: he's doing the robbery is when you really, like, get a feel for... <laughs> so let's talk about this robbery scene because it is that first dance that they're going to. And before, they walk in like, oh, shit. And they talk about their breath, and they need a breath mint, so let's go to the store. So they go to this store. There's an Asian-American person running the, the cash register. So I'm like, oh, shit, is this going to get dark now? That's what I thought because I thought it was going to be... Honestly, a lot of these movies that it's like that, you know, there's like a the bad incident at the grocery store. Because that's real. Let's not lie. Like that was really something people were talking about at the time. And then they have this glorious, this wonderful conversation about tic Tacs My fault, y'all. Damn, man,
1: that was too close, man. Yeah. Yo, I keep forgetting you the rookie Yeah, man. Yo, he go to refreshments right here tic (laughs) tacs hey no 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 hold up man yo good idea bad choice of flavor though yeah Oh, what's wrong with orange schooler man i got this look with tic tacs they're always a good choice because they're small and they pack a lot of power yeah you want to remember always go small because uh you might be talking to a fine ass freak and the candy fall out your mouth (laughs) man you look stupid yo and that shit counts man See, with Tic Tacs, they small, so even if they fall out, they hard to notice, especially in the dance, right? Yeah. Yeah, hey, man. Oh, and just so you know, fruit flavors, always bad. Man. You would have thought oh, they yeah, were professors
3: man. at Harvard or something. I mean, they had breath-missed down to a science. Get
1: out that funk. And that's important for slow dance. What about gum? Oh, I got this. I don't need that one Yeah, tomorrow, I got this. All right, the thing to always remember when dealing with females suck never chew that got yeah, <laughs> okay okay um i'll get the green yeah, i think i'll get the white
0: yeah i'm going to get some of them too and these two friends are like fucking experts on it like you don't get the fruity tic tacs you know what I mean? yeah that was another thing and like the orange
2: tic tac <laughs> Which is and, true, yeah, and it's just like it's just is those little things, man. They taste Gems. good. The orange Tic Tacs, for Like, what are you getting those for? Like, <laughs> who gets fucking orange Tic Tacs?
0: Like, who buys, who purchases orange Tic Tacs? You know. And he's like, uh, when he's like, "What about gum and and the one of the friends is like, "I'll get this one." You know, he talks about He's like, "You suck with a girl. You don't chew. Oh man. I remember being like that and having friends like that, like in middle school and high school, where you're like, you think you're the fucking expert. You never see the two other guys like real until high school, I guess. With the one girl, like you don't see them like really macking it with chicks. They're not the fucking. They act like they're Don Juan's with giving advice. What's the basis of their advice from? Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) It's it's also funny because the decisions that the director or whoever makes with the hairstyles are so telling. So the fact that they had that they opted to go with like the Jerry Curl starter kit <laughs> already conveyed that they were like a little bit corny. And that's like a <laughs> thing in the culture like like either you had it or you didn't, but it showed that you were trying. Like that hairstyle showed that you were you were trying. You were determined <laughs> to be what you thought this thing called cool was. Because what it takes to do that shit to your black ass hair is crazy. Like, what it takes to the jerry curl it. So, like, as soon as you see it, like, if you are if you grow up knowing about that shit, you know, like, oh, his his homies are kind of corny.
0: <laughs> That's good to know. I mean. Yeah, look for that. All I know about, like, the jerry curl, obviously, it's always a joke. Every <laughs> kind of thing I watch, it's a joke and, and, and stuff, you know. There's never a cool character with a jerry curl. No. <laughs> ah. which is ironic because I feel like they're doing it to be cool yeah, you know, yeah. it's just like a kid like this <clears throat> yeah I think of like Soul Glow and coming to America and just yeah like... <laughs> I bring this scene up though is because as as you mentioned a hold up happens and Stacy shows up but he's masked with his friend and they're robbing the store like Stacy has a gun to like the checkout person and he's asking for yes so for condoms and stuff like that which is a recurring theme in this film, and the friend like, "Oh shit, where'd he go?" And they're like scared. The kids are scared. They're in the store, and the friend, if you look, he's like grabbing Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> like that. It's was ridiculous. Oh man, it's ridiculous. Oh
1: shit! Hey yo, check this out. What? Some little niggas up here that been up here the whole damn time. What? Right, bring their ass up here. Man, I just want some Tic Tacs, man. Tic Tacs my ass. Get in the front. Hey,
0: you go first. Get in the front. Saying. Hurry up.
1: Hurry up, they up? Oh man, them little motherfuckers, they ain't nothing. Man, they go to school with my sister. Stacy? Nigga, don't say my name, homie. Damn! Yo, the little niggas got hard dog. Beat his ass the other day, he took it like a G. Hey man, y'all must be going to that dance, huh? Nigga, remember them motherfucking dances, boy. Hey, don't you fuck with me? Get on the ground! Now! Shit, hey man, y'all little niggas want something? Well, I was kind of thirsty. Well, go on and get it, homie, whatever. No, 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 man, we cool. You sure? Well,
0: at least let me give y'all a little ride to the dance or something. At least I could do, man. Come on! And I imagine that since we learned that those kids are in junior high, Stacy and his friend are probably just in high school at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Even if they're not in high school, they're high school age. Yeah. So if I was gonna hold up, which I never have, police, but if I was gonna hold up, a convenience store in high school, I would grab the bag of Doritos. I would, you know? (laughs) like it's It's something kids would fucking do. Man, now that I'm thinking back on the scene, it's so
2: well done. Because I actually, now that I think about it, I don't think he asks... Does he ask for the money from the register? He just wants to keep them at bay... While they loot
0: all the shit that they want. they yeah, like just, the just stuff they shit. want. Yeah. Like the, it's the condoms. It's the snacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when... Oh, my God. When Mike is like, Oh, it's you, Stacey. Says, what would you say my name? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're having banter. But he's not that pissed. Yeah. Know? He's not like, I'm going to shoot you now. Or, I. So, yeah, <laughs> he's the,
2: so good. This, this
0: scene is so fucking Since I've never seen this movie, I thought, Oh, this is one of the movie gets dark. This yeah. Movie. And it really wasn't. It was just, like, funny. And he's just... <laughs> grabbing she's like you want a soda I kinda want a soda he's like No we don't want (laughs) he said when he's like he's like, Oh, I know.
2: He's like I he said I beat his ass last week. He said little nigga got heart though. Let me drive y'all to the dance. Yeah. That's the least I could do.
0: (laughs) Again, you think like a guy's holding up a store and in so many movies this is the moment where you're like, Oh no, someone's gonna die, something's gonna happen but in this it's more like it's played for comedy. It's like, Oh let me drive you to the dance and he and he has he has uh, Mike sit up front, yeah. and they have a conversation, and he's like, you know, you like my sister, eventually. This Luther Vandross song, she really loves. This, that plays, you better dance with her. Yeah. This
2: movie, the dialogue. the di- Like, this, the scenes that are set up are so good, but the dialogue is so good. Just the little things. And I think it's the little things that had me laughing, because... I feel like there was so much freestyle in here. Where they were just like, this is the scene. Like, this is what we want to, you know, accomplish. Like, when the dude gets... When you talked about how he makes his boy sit in the back. He's like, "He's like, man, sit your ass in the fucking back. These little ass kids got more heart than you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it just hit me.
0: So every movie we've covered so far... There's only been three, but I'm going to keep a tally of this has had, like, a interaction with the police. Oh, yeah. Um, we get it here, too. And, and <clears throat> during this post-scene when he drives into the dance, the police pull him over. <laughs> I wrote before that, he's talking about, he's like, let me make, you know, I love weed. Let me make an album about weed, you know. It's like, the weed album. I think they're obviously referring to the chronic, Dr. Dre. And, yeah, it's, like, yeah, yeah. and it's also the, uh, I love that, because I think the director was saying, like, the idea of, like, any of these, like, gangbangers could have been that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, (laughs) um, (laughs) if life went differently or if they were more hardworking, I don't know. But when the cops pulled him over, I wanted to ask you about this because, again, Boys in the Hood talked about, like, oh, the black cop is worse than the white cop, right? Mm -hmm. We see a police scene with white cops in House Party and where the, the dad character in that is just, like, You know, being hilarious with them, but, you know, being very honest. And this, it's two black cops, which I found interesting. They end up letting them go, but what do you think of this particular... Or maybe it might be, like, our police pullover scene of the month. Who knows? But what do you think of this scene?
2: I thought
0: this one
2: was really well done. Because at any time in history, and it's hard to go back because we're so hyper... Hyper hyper into this shit right now, but at any time in history, an interaction with the cops is when like you can really like fuck with your emotions in the movie that you're watching, right? So, like in Boys in the Hood, you know, it was like, Whoa, this was another like gut punch house party. They had they made it more slapstick on purpose to let you know, like, yeah, like obviously, this is something that happens, but we're not going to make it that. But this was well done because it kind of took a middle ground mm-hmm. that you don't really see. And like, let's put it this way. I was thinking about this. It's a good question. If the cops were white, no matter what they did, unless like they were made like to look like jackasses, would have fucked like as black folks would have fucked up. Would have that that experience would have stayed with us for at least a couple more minutes in the film. Right. No matter what happened, if it would have been the same experience, but the cops were white, you know, we would have been like, oh, we rubbed the grease on his shirt or blah, 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 blah. There would have been like this personal kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but because they were black, it was really diluted as almost like because they were black, you were like. You were like, oh, shit. Like, this dude was smoking weed. He was in, like, the candy red car. You know? You yeah. were, like, not not neutral about it. <clears throat> but more neutral about it because the cops were black. And the cops were, like, pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? So, it was, um, you know, longer combo. But it was, it was real simple. It was a short amount of time. But it was a very nuanced scene in the way that it was pulled off. Because you were just like, oh, here it is. And you were actually able to like focus on the plight of the kids like being scared and being kids and still being like pretty innocent, you know, and not being like like this way in this the scene how you thought when they went into the store in the robbery. Yeah. yeah. How you were like, oh, this is where, you know, shit gets you Well know? I thought that too and then Right. And they yeah. he like they did a great job of just like staying the course and keeping that
0: vibe, you know? They just felt like teenagers... I know it was a little heavier, but they felt like teenagers being pulled being over. Pulled over. Yeah. Rather than like, oh no, I'm making a political <clears throat> statement. Yeah. Remembering uh, when we talked about Boys in the Hood, and now, the more I say that, the more I realize Boys in the Hood was the perfect starting point for us. It really was. Remember in Boys in the Hood where we discussed like the whole message thing? Yeah. This is almost like, we're not going to do that here. You know what I mean? We're not going to have... Message it's more. of The message are like coming of age messages yeah. rather than like.
2: And there was a more. There was a, there was a thing that happened here which was more relatable. I mean, I can't say that because I don't know what kind of life everybody else has lived. To you but, though, to you. To me, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It was when he coughed, when the cop was going to see the gun, right? And it's just like he didn't plan to do it. He didn't do it for props with the brother he might have done it for selfish reasons because he's like, I don't want to get caught with this gun. But he just did it. And like that move, you know, like, ter- like really turned his whole life around, you know, like cemented his being able to like show that he was down, that he was like, you know, the man quick thinking, blah, blah, blah. But also, so I thought that was like one of the things that I took away the most. And then his little, the little voiceover, where he was talking about, like the dude crying and being like, "Man, I realized they were just kids, just like us." You know, they did a lot in that
0: little three right? minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, great scene, great moment. Yeah. loved, loved seeing it.
2: That's interesting. I feel like we should definitely keep a log of cop scenes.
0: We should and like pin them up again. Look, each we've other done three at, movies at some point. We've seen three scenes. Yeah, and we're
2: going to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, from other movies on the list, I know they exist. uh, When this is all said and done, we're going to do a cop scene discussion. (laughs) We should. Why not? So we get our real first dance here, and that's like, I think it's a big moment. You already mentioned it, like the whole, seeing it as a junior high, I had so many of these moments in junior high where like, yes, the girl you liked for a dance or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. And
2: by the way. Slim, Slim's outfit
0: for the dance, <laughs> fucking killing it. The outfits in this are on point, killing it. Subtly, sometimes on point. They don't go over the top, you know, and which, which to me makes it more funny. Oh, like yeah. right, the Jerry curl isn't like spilling like gel. You yeah. know yeah. what I mean? the The outfits aren't like twice the size that they're supposed to be or yeah. anything like that. They feel like what a kid would've worn to try to look like he was cool and it'll, it gives you the opportunity to
2: sit back and be like like is this supposed to be funny cause I'm fucking <laughs> finding this funny but no one else is laughing you know what I mean and that's kinda like how it really was Yeah, you know how
0: life really was I think it's funny because you're like some guy would've worn that you know yeah. what I mean it's not like like I said not twice the size and yeah. it's like supposed to be slapstick I, I thought about this while, while I was watching it you grew up where? New Jersey New Jersey So did you
2: have Did you have Caldor? Yeah we had Caldor you Yeah. Had Caldor? So like his shirt We had Caldor <laughs> in Mid-Island So his All his gear Like the Georgetown Hoyas yeah,
0: Oh my And God. then Look. the
2: Hoyas That was straight up Caldor shit Like I would go there And I'd get that shirt With the matching sweatpants, with whatever was on the front, whatever size it was, was on the left leg, the left thigh of the sweatpants.
0: So when I was growing up, you go to Caldor, you go to like, I guess it was, I guess Marshalls was around, yeah. And they had like, like you said, Georgetown was big. (laughs) <laughs> Notre Dame when I was really young But then it was like fucking. Like the Toronto Raptors They had a lot of shit with that And they had matching Toronto Kids would come to school Like why? You know what I mean? The Mighty Ducks yeah, You know
2: like going to school Where I'm like fucking UNLV <laughs> Yeah Run UNLV
0: Michigan was yeah, big Yeah
2: Oh man I was hoping you remembered that
0: Of course Yeah Yeah <laughs> K- bought Caldor For anyone who's familiar I don't know if Caldor Was around the country But in this area Caldor was huge mm. And they either closed them or Coles bought them over. There was this Caldor in Flushing that, even when I was in college, still had the Caldor sign. Facebook knows me too well. Instagram knows me too well, and they have ads for like shirts and stuff that I'm so tempted to buy. And I've been so close, like putting my credit card number in, and be like, nah, I can't do that because who would care?" For like this Caldor shirt, I've seen it, right? <laughs> I've seen it. I googled it,
2: and then it like popped up. <laughs> Could joke. you imagine if like, we, sh- we show up, we go to like hang at the beach or some shit, and we're both wearing a fucking cowboy
4: <laughs> shirt,
0: and we didn't have this conversation, I'd fall out. That's what I live for, right? Like, I live for, like, wow, this makes me sound super hipster, and, or arrogant, and I apologize, but some people like to play the joke where you go in the room and a thousand people laugh for 30 seconds. I like to play the joke that you walk in the room and there are a thousand people there and three people are laughing for an hour. Or, like, in their head, you know what I mean? Like yeah. That. yeah I'd think, rather yeah. have that than anything. Like, the deep cut, rather than, like, the obvious thing. Hell yeah. And I think, Hell this, yeah. I think this movie does a lot of those subtle things just like that. Like, they're not going for... Again, I, we both love Boys in the Hood, but Boys in the Hood goes for, like, let's say the message. Let's do this. This is, like, you're talking about an outfit of one of the kids that he wears for two minutes of the movie, and you're still thinking about it, you know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, oh, shit, I remember that, all right? I know exactly where that guy bought that outfit. And that's, that's so fun to me, and that's what I find so fun about this film. We get our big dance, the, the Luther Vandross dance for the first time. Cute moment, whatever. <laughs> I was visibly yelling at the TV, like, don't get hard, man. Like, that's, like that. so that's so funny. so I was yelling at the TV, like, like
2: the fucking song's going to end. Cause I couldn't remember like what happened, you know. I'm like,
0: hurry up and get over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're rooting for him. You're like, yeah, he gets there. You're rooting for his ass, yeah. And you know, when we cut back to the scenes of adulthood, they're rather interesting because, for example, you know, Taye Diggs' character. He's they find him in his ex girlfriend's house. She calls them whatever, and there's nothing about her that I expected. Again, I don't know why I had these preconceived notions, but I expected the ex-girlfriend to be like some just like ratchet, like s- s- stereotype, silly person. Yeah. Somewhat, right? But she's just like a put-together person. Yeah, she, you know? was, she was bad. Yeah, In black but... speak, that means. <laughs> but, yeah, she's, yes. very, she's very pretty, very beautiful, but she wasn't like, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, they played it more, she's pretty, he went there, we know why he went there. Yeah. But she, I love, I don't know who that character is. She's not in the past. She's only in the future or the present. Yeah. But I loved her character, right? Because she was compassionate enough to take him in, but like put together enough to not like do anything with him or sleep with him or be like, get him out of my house, whatever.
2: You know what else is big? Which there are other movies which aren't high school, you know, like Friday and some other films that have this. And they, I guess they only show it after because in high school, like, girls aren't really doing this casually. But there is a cultural thing where the black fitness girl, like, she was in fitness mm-hmm. gear that showed that she worked out and exercised, right? Like, she looked like she had been coming from a fitness class or something. That translates to, not to status, but to, like, like, that's some middle class shit. Like middle upper class. Interesting. Shit. If you see and like dudes could be from the hood, right? Like with the cutoff and the working yeah. out in the backyard <laughs> yeah, yeah. and blah blah blah. <clears throat> but the fact that she was looking obviously this didn't exist then, but that she was looking soul cycle. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Like if she was today, she'd have a Peloton. There would have been of a course. Peloton. Of course. And and those are the little subtle things that when you're watching are ingrained. They show the status of that girl, the fact that she was at her place, like owned or rented her place, and it was her place. And they made it a point to let it be known that that was her place. Like y'all you ain't gonna be fucking up my my bathroom, like da yeah. da, da da, and the <laughs> coffee pot, and these are all little things that, like, when you're watching, you're like, oh, it's like these motherfuckers made it, you know like they got good
3: jobs.
0: I really and- she this this woman seemed put together. Like yeah. she had her shit together. It wasn't just like some like oh you went back to that like crazy ex-girlfriend, you know what I mean? So that we get a scene right as adults where I guess they're they're heading back, they're trying to convince, you know, their friend to go get married or whatever. By the way, I, I have to say, Slim I love his motivations. It really seems like most of his motivations are like money. He's like, I paid a hundred dollars for this tuck. These are Ferragamos. they're three hundred dollars. And his friend's like, Three hundred dollars? Did you pay three hundred dollars for him? He's like, No, that doesn't matter. You know what He's what you like, They're worth three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. But when the dude, Roland, just throws up on everything and just ruins <laughs> their tuxedo. Was a great scene
2: too. Like it was great vomit.
0: It was such realistic yeah, yeah dude, that it wasn't was like, over the top. Yeah, you felt like oh shit. Like that it was wasn't real.
2: like a, you know. Sometimes you see the projectile. <laughs> it was just like oh my god, dude, you just fucked this whole car and like our clothes <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, Slim's got so many lines, and my favorite, <laughs> <laughs> my and I still remember this literally. And it's so small, but it was my favorite line in the movie. He's like, he's like, so what's up, man? You ready to do this? When they're out in the corner, they were like fighting in the street on the corner. After he throws up. Oh yeah yeah, 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 He's like, So what's up, man? He's like, You ready to do this? He's like, You ready to go do this? He's like, Man. Tate digs a rolling. He's like, Man, I guess. He's like, I guess, nigga, ain't nobody actually you on some fucking donuts? And, like, <laughs> 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 and he just has those all movie. And I just remember I just remember the last time I saw this, which I which I don't think was the first time. Maybe I saw it on TV. But I just remember fucking Fallen out of my seat at that line, like I was literally waiting, like I was anticipating, and it. it
0: didn't lose anything. <laughs> it's so Everybody's good. It's donuts. so good, and I love how they roll back to that ex girlfriend's place, and she's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Blah blah. blah. You know, I need a shower, and you think they're gonna just shower the girl? And she's like, "Nah, go back," and which is just like, "Do I look like Alice from the Brady Bunch?" <laughs> clean you up go to the back and hose yourself off or whatever. I thought it was like a garden hose. I don't know if they put this scene in for, like, the women in the audience or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Or something. But they're all... First of all, her hose area is like a nice, huge-ass outdoor shower. (laughs) And the three guys, I mean, you don't see... I mean, you see a lot, but you don't see, like, full frontal or anything like that. These guys just hose themselves off together in the background just laughing and just... They're jacked. they it made me feel yeah. bad about like my, you know Oh shit. Made me feel bad and I work out all the time. <laughs> oh the motherfuckers is all smooth and shit. <laughs> I liked seeing it though in a sense that like we usually see this scene with women. You know what I mean in movies? where yeah? Like, oh, hear the hot girls showering together. The hot friends are just like hosing each other off. But it was guys here, so yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever seen a scene like this with guys in a high school. A, a movie like this, a coming-of-age movie. So, I don't know what they're doing. I just have to acknowledge it. It was great. Like you said, they went for it. <laughs> As I was watching
2: this, I'm sitting here watching it, and like after the first scene, when I'm laughing my ass off and realize like what I'm in for, I remembered that you said that you had never seen it. I actually scroll back through my texts. And realize that you said that you'd never seen it. And I was so fucking excited for you to get to like, experience this movie for the first time. I was actually bummed. This was the first time that I was like kind of bummed I wasn't watching it with
0: you. <laughs> well, I, I love that because there's so many movies that I talk about. Like, like I love The Godfather. I, I wish I could go back and watch The Godfather again for the first time. Or even, like, the first time I saw all the Star Wars films, I knew... Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. Everyone knows that growing up. You know what I mean? So I think a fun thing about this podcast is going to be a lot of these movies that I'm just watching for the first time, knowing nothing about. Yeah, Because nothing seeped into, unfortunately, nothing seeped into my pop culture experience with The Wood, you know? Yeah. Again, I didn't know anyone who even had seen this movie. Everyone heard of it. (laughs) A lot of you have seen the trailer. So crazy. But that's... That's cool. That's cool about it's doing awesome. this. It's awesome. Let's talk about uh, when they actually get to high school. Now, if anyone you out there is like, "Oh, this is high school slumber party," you have even talk about a high school scene. I really thought they were in high school for most of this movie. Shit, so did I. But it's junior high, whatever. It's a coming of age film. It has the spirit that that we want and we need, and it's it's such a honestly good coming of age film. Once they get to, high, I guess they're in like a Catholic school. They're a little different. Oh, uh, your your guy here doesn't have the Jerry curl anymore. Yes. By the way,
2: before we leave middle school, (laughs) so I can't take credit for this. I was laughing my ass off. My girlfriend was watching this movie for probably like eight minutes. And she talks about young Slim. And it gets a little easier as he gets to high school. But young Slim in middle school, between the jerry curl and his skin tone, like his... His skin just looked so funny to me. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, he. She's like, you don't even have to keep this. She's like, he looks like a dead person who's just walking around right now. <laughs> like a dead person existing. And I was like, oh my God, he does. Like, he looked like he's like fresh out of the mortuary. It's so weird. After my girl said the thing about, uh, his name is Dwayne Wood Slim, after his skin color, I was looking at the skin color first. When he was in middle school and then when he was in high school and he was bald, right? Yeah. And it, it got less intense. And then I was just like, man, what the fuck is this guy doing now? Because I think he was the only one in the film that I had not seen in anything else afterward. The young version of Slim. The young one, yeah. Yeah. So I Google. This, so I'm watching the movie on Amazon. And I don't know if you know, but if you're watching anything on Amazon, if you press pause, now they do this thing where whoever's in the scene. Yeah, like an ID. Yeah, an ID the thing ID pops it. up. Um, which was awesome because like saved me a ton of time. Yeah. Well, not a ton of time. but So I look at, I see his name. And then like I go on Google. And not much pops up, but this thing <laughs> pops up on Facebook. And he's like... Uh, an accountant, now.
1: What's up? I'm Dwayne. Yeah, I know, slam from the wood. Whatever. Schooler, man, I got this. Oh, you yeah, it is, him. Yep. I said, boy, as long as he's in here, you don't know that? I said, yeah, everybody in the hood? No, that's him. Yeah, he ain't even old enough to know
3: that, movie. Boy, boy
1: you know the is. <laughs> <already. laughs> no, for real, huh? <laughs> Hi, I'm Dwayne. Now listen, it's the holiday season, so I ain't got much time to do this. Now Most of y'all know that I own this place where we can do mailbox rentals and that kind of thing. But I do want you to know, this holiday season, when you're done dealing with your family and you need to get your money back right, welcome to my tax office. Let me do your taxes for you. Yeah, I know, young slim from the wood doing taxes. I get it all the time. Come on in, I'll take a picture with you. I might charge you for that too. Thinking about it, actually, I may charge you for that too. In fact, let's just change this whole commercial. This is the third time I'm trying to do this.
2: Integrity One Tax Services is Dwayne Fidley
0: where he wound up. You know what? That's so silly. That video is hilarious. I love how he talks about the wood, but like, if I was in his local community and I needed my taxes done, and it was just like some regular H and Block, where this dude—that's hilarious. I'm going to him. So I get what he's doing. Oh man, it was great. And and the main reason
2: it popped up was because I think I don't know what. I put in the Google search But it was something To find out Like where he was Now And it sent me To that <laughs> Post On Facebook Of where He is
0: oh, Now I love it, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And again His progression Into high school Like they're all Kind of doing their thing There's a lot of Subtlety in this movie That we learn Through like some lines Like we learn That Slim At one point Went to Italy To play basketball yeah. Which I was like Oh shit You know the, I love these high school things. So the high school thing essentially becomes American Pie. Uh, the new bet is like, you know, essentially who's going to get laid first. Um, what is it? Five dollars. You get five dollars if you do it. But every time you fail, you got to put five dollars in the jar, which is called the pussy pot. I'm using yeah, air quotes. about that and everything. <laughs> what do you think of this whole, I guess, chase here? So after that middle school dance... It's said that Alicia and Mike dated, quote unquote, but it wasn't the series and they're just friends now or whatever. And the rest of the guys, they're kind of just like doing their thing, talking to girls. We get like a kind of montage where they're just like dating women and I would say it's more than a montage. This movie goes there. This movie goes there. There's a point where uh, you know one of the guys is like fingering a girl and he's like, <laughs> which is... yeah. It goes there. Yeah, that was like,
2: look, I haven't watched a high school movie in a long time, but that was an intense scene. Like there was no, there was nothing arbitrary about what was happening in that scene. No,
0: no. Which is in a
2: way more,
0: I don't know, more intense than like a sex scene. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it was like, it's more real, you know? Yeah. And they're all trying to convince these girls to sleep with them. And, again, I don't think in ways that are, like, aggressive or inappropriate. I think the things that, like, teenagers said and did that are super real. And it's just not happening for any of them until a study session between, you know, Alicia and Mike. That turns a little erotic, whatever. (sighs) I think Alicia has a boyfriend. Mike's going to the dance with some other girl. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. And... It's interesting because they, they still talk about the people they date. You know, they still talk about the people they date. And she's basically like, we're not going to get anything done. Come to my place. I don't know if she had the plan then or what, but it had to be a, a little bit on her mind, you know? But they get up to her room and the Luther Vandross song plays and hijinks ensue and uh, what do you think of this scene? Like looking for the condo in the wallet. And then eventually he goes into, <laughs> he goes into the brother's room and
2: I thought it was I thought it was super real like Super realistic So if you watch Mike earns his way Into that room And he earns it Just by being an honest Just honest Like he never lies He's never like Creepy He's just like a Like a, a young dude I think there's even a part where he's like He's like man Hormones He's like, hormones make you forget about everything. Like, he tells you, you know, where it says that. So then, like, him talking about uh, being afraid of rejection, it's almost like, it's like, oh, okay. Once he says that, you realize that she now is in the power position.
0: Right, yeah, and I, I thought that was so great because we're seeing this montage of guys just, like, doing their usual tricks on girls, and it's not, you know maybe not the best things, but these things happen, right? They're not working. But what works is him being himself. Yep. And what works is just, like, them having a real, true, honest connection. And you're right. She has the power in this scene. He's not forcing anything. He's not convincing her to anything. She's the one really setting the entire table here. Yeah. Like,
2: even she sits on the bed, and then he, like, gets up and, like, Mm -hmm. sits on the chair opposite the bed. Yeah. And he even goes into, like... He goes into battle for it. He goes. He goes behind enemy lines. I say enemy with air quotes. But like, <laughs> dude, I remember watching that scene. I was like, to go into to go into this girl's gangbanger brothers room, which you they make it very clear that he's never
0: been in the house before. She's like, "This which, is my room." Which I found interesting because they quote unquote dated, but really, right. did they? Yeah.
2: But it was that was cool too because you remember like oh. I'm gonna go fucking meet my girl at the school bus yeah. and like walk yeah. her to her house. And you don't even maybe really know get much a little smooth, yeah. yeah. You know, um, for me out on Long Island, that shit was ending was ending at the crib unless the parents weren't coming home for days because my <laughs> black ass was about to get caught in that house. But
0: um, yeah, it was great. They did so much, right? They're able to do so much in this movie. In one line of dialogue or, or in one moment here, like is this movie again one of the classics of cinema? Maybe not. It like you said, it's I'm watching these moments. And I'm like, this movie is so underrated. So I watch underrated. So much worse coming of age films on this podcast that everybody knows. You know, what I mean, that everyone like talks about or people beg me to cover. And this is not one of those films that people beg me to cover and I'm like why because there's so many moments I'm like, the director is doing so much with so little time this hour this movie is like an hour 45 minutes maybe you know what I mean and, and he's able to just accomplish these things in this like flashback this flashback mode but just quickly too on going into the brother's room finding those condoms and the brother brings up a girl and she counted the condoms and she's like what are you doing? You know, like you, you know, your who's what's the girl's name or whatever. And he runs out, or she runs out, or whatever. And usually, this would be a scene in a lot of teen movies, especially in nineteen ninety nine, where he gets caught or something silly happens. But that's just being a victory, he goes into the room and he has right, and he has awkward teenage sex. Right, or it's over. It's you so know, you're like it's oh, over. Man. But that's what made it so real. You're like, man, I could still like he still pulled it off. It's like, and she goes, I guess it was meant to be if you somehow got that, right? And again, they have this awkward teenage sex, whatever. She's 29 people, so. <laughs> but I like that it was that, too. Like, if it was just like, in a, you know, like an emotional movie sex, that would be weird, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I thought... It was great. Was, it Great, exactly. It was great. It was so great. Flashing back to the adults, we get some scenes and moments... We're just—they're basically just talking to with their guy, and they're like, oh, "Do you want to do this?" They're that pizza thing, or, yeah. You know the their old pizza game, and see who gets the last slice or or whatever. Oh, I do like there was like a little moment with the dry cleaner. Like, could you get this done in an hour, or whatever? You know what's funny about the dry
2: cleaner scene, which was again, cop scene, and then the scene where they go and he's got like the grits in his hand, which again is fucking hilarious, hilarious. In the beginning, they go into the to, into the um, into the store, and it's like the Asian, you know, that they stick up and blah blah blah. But then later on, I don't know if it was two places, three places, all black owned.
0: Yes, okay, I wrote that down right. You subtly see so many like black entrepreneurship in the yeah. movie. Yeah, crazy. There wasn't even like white
2: characters. There, there just wasn't white characters. Were there any white lines in the movie?
0: I was thinking about that, and it's not that they ignore white people, but... Because they're in the background. They're in the background. See so them in the background. And I was like, is there a white character? And I don't think so.
2: <clears throat> and when you're, when you're living through that prism, the way they were in the movie was like kind of like the way they are in real life. You know, like you saw the cool dude with long hair. They still made him look like it was 1969 <laughs> in, the, in the high school party, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was cool too because it wasn't like everything about this movie was, was like nuanced and subtle you know but like when you think back on it you're like oh that was oh right like that was a fucking and decision. you point that
0: out I'm trying to think right now going through my notes I don't think I'm a white person had a line yeah it's crazy but it wasn't done in
2: a statement way either you know? right it was just like hey this is a story we're telling
3: yep
0: wow that's crazy yeah that's crazy. Damn. The wood was good. <laughs> Eventually, I love when they're at that like that pizza place or that diner or whatever, and they're just like, they ask the question again, do you want to get married? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, no, do you want to get married? And then it, it's obvious he does. And you kind of get where this guy's coming from, too, you know? he He's just, uh, maybe he's acting out, and he shouldn't be just having second thoughts. Whatever. I love the accountability of... The moment when they return. So I was thinking of the film, like The Hangover. Right? It's about guys and they they're in Vegas and goes too far and they gotta get back for this wedding. And when they get there, the wife is like a little pissed, or the wife to be is a little pissed, but whatever. They do their thing and they get married and all all's well that ends well. Let's ignore our sequels. In this, everyone's pissed off that they're late. I love that. Yeah. And we haven't seen the bride the entire time. We don't even know who she is. And I thought that we were just never going to show her. <clears throat> and we get these moments with the bride where she's pissed off. Rightfully pissed off. She's still in the dresser. She's like, like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to ruin my makeup. You could tell that they probably are good together. But you don't just show up to a situation like that. And everything's okay. And I thought that was so well done by the filmmaker. Where, Man, I didn't even think about this. There's so
2: much here. There's so much here. So first and foremost, like the same way. You told the story about your homeboy in college. Mm -hmm. There is this thing. And like, I don't know. I've seen it because I got a ton of white friends. There's a fucking black accountability that is no joke. So from the very beginning, I'm watching this movie like, what the fuck is he doing? Like the fact that they show the moms and like all the shit, like putting, putting this wedding together at the house. I didn't even realize until you just brought it up. There's an anxiety throughout this whole movie watching it where you're like, yo, get your black ass back to the house. And then when they got to get the clothes cleaned and everything, it was just like it wasn't even about the ex-girlfriend because that was too much to even comprehend. Right. So, yeah, the accountability. That's so funny that you say that because like that was just like a major theme throughout like an underlying anxiety every time they went back to adult world <clears throat> and it was funny because it made the jokes more funny because you were still like bro like what are you doing like you gotta get back to the crib you know what time is the wedding shit they are gonna light your ass up and it wasn't even the, it wasn't even the the bride you're scared of like dude's mom yeah right and then what's crazy is I don't know how much you know about Lisa Ray. I don't know a lot So she
0: played uh, She she plays the
2: bride Every role she's ever played You know how certain people create a, A character Outside of The role I'm trying to think of someone else Who does that But they're just like You know they're going to be A certain type of person Interesting Right? So like When you see the fact that Lisa Ray Is the wife It's like Oh my god it's over.
1: So what's up? You spill some on your dress or something? Come on, girl. You got people waiting. Chop, chop. What? Shut up, Slim. Why gotta shut up? Cause you probably said some shit to him to get him not to do this. Girl, please. Y'all perfect for each other, I'm telling you, because you're both nuts. I'm get telling that nuts. Yeah, what, right?
3: what? what do you mean? Shut up. Look, I'm telling you. N- nigga, shut up! Lisa, Lisa, would you please listen to the man? He wants to marry you. He loves you, I swear. You
4: know why he do this? He's
3: scared. <laughs> no, listen to me, listen to me. I've known this man 13 years of my life. And I've never seen him look at nobody the way he looks at. I never heard him talk about anybody the way he talks about you.
2: It's hard to explain. Anything that you had seen her in up until that point, <laughs> she was just hardcore. She was just hardcore. And you could see it in her face, right? Like imagine her mad. But this was the first role where you saw her. You were like, oh man, it's over. And then you saw like Mike soften her up. And you just had this huge sigh of relief. There's a ton of like underlying shit going on for the culture in in that scene, in those scenes. Interesting.
0: So that's cool. So like, we're kind of curious about this. So the reveal <coughs> someone watching is a bigger deal that it's her, right? Oh, like,
2: huge.
0: Huge. Because typically huge. in these movies, when we don't see this character that they're talking about a lot, and we get the character, there's a big delivery. Oh shit, it's this person. Or oh shit, it's that actor here that's awesome to know because I didn't know who she was. I had read the name. I'd oh, heard, so. yeah. So when you see, so people are saying, oh, shit, it's her? Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, cool.
2: and you're literally <laughs> taking yourself, this is how embedded in the culture she was at the time. You literally almost take yourself out of the movie and you're like, he fucking did that to her? And then you're thinking, <laughs> how do he wind up with her? Like, how did they even cross paths? Wow, pants? okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. I love yeah that. look at her look at her catalog or her IMDD yeah I'm scrolling like through it right now to that point like I don't know when
0: the Players Club came out let's see what she, she, she did some episodes of Moesha and In the House uh, the Players Club as you said was the year before this The Wood oh yeah the
2: Players Club damn yeah
0: that's crazy. Yeah. And she's Lisa in a lot of these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's
2: what I mean where, like, they kind of bridge, like, art and life. We were convinced that she really was this, like, sexy, terrifying, interesting, beautiful, thug-ass woman that, like, all of us would have loved to, like, have a night with,
0: but we would be too scared. That's great. That's great. I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah again but as I mentioned too the scene with the moms the dad always acting there I love it because a lot of movies again would have ended we got him back to the wedding great all is well Uh, you know get married nope not here you know what I like about this movie too they also refer to stories in high school that they had that we don't go to flashbacks with not every line of like remember when that happened
4: because
0: we do get these transitions with the record that I think are cool when we go again back in the day but they're not, like, crazy. It's just more like like talking with your friends. Talking with your friends from high school. Yeah, I guess the movie ends with a wedding, right? We just have a bride and groom, get married, a best man speech. Oh, I, how could I forget? Of course, we have to have it. Omar Apps, Mike, has his dance with uh, Alicia. She's here, it's played by a different actor who's younger than her, but whatever. Again, <laughs> <Getting laughs> I'll see for the dead time. But Which it's just like, yeah, you could have changed the fucking what's-her-name's haircut you know and she could have played herself again <laughs> so crazy but they have a little dance and they have a little moment where you think who knows what's gonna happen but they don't push it too heavy either We're not like oh they're gonna get married now they're gonna date or anything like that who knows it's a moment this is so crazy because i was
2: you mentioned this scene and i was like what happened that like and this is what makes the movie so good, is that there was only The Wood. There was no sequel. But If there were ever a movie for, like, where you could have gotten to some shit, like, what's like, another storyline, it was The Wood, man.
0: Yeah. It's surprising. It's surprising that there was a sequel. I was thinking about it. And I appreciate
2: that there wasn't.
0: I do. It's crazy. She's there all by herself. All I can say is they have a moment, right? It's not... It, it was literature to me, right? Like, this was more subtle than a regular movie. It's not like, I shouldn't have left to New York. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. But it was like a throwaway line, like, oh, she went to Columbia. I was like, you went to NYU, you know? So there was this thing, like, that maybe he did try to chase her and it just didn't work out, or they just didn't connect or anything like that, or whatever. Like, he was doing his own thing. I don't know, but there's enough subtle subtlety in this movie that... It almost doesn't matter. We know they haven't really seen each other since high school or whatever. They have this moment that Luther Vandross song plays and it's great. Yeah. And he has his little, they have their little best man speech and that's it. We, we don't need anything more and we just leave the movie with good feelings. Yeah. And if you write down what happens in this movie, not a lot happens in this movie. All right. <laughs> but we're talking about it for almost two
2: hours. All right. All right. You know it's so funny you bring up the best man speech? He talks about <laughs> I thought this was so funny at the time I didn't even notice it when I first saw it <clears throat> he's like talking about yeah I felt a little selfish because I thought I was I was losing you know I was losing one of the homeboys blah blah blah
3: well um uh we all did a lot of things to get prepared for today and uh me myself I did a lot of thinking and uh <laughs> Came to a funny conclusion uh, I realized how selfish I was. I was, uh, uh, felt like I was losing a very dear friend. Uh, I know that may not sound like the right thing to say, but uh, <laughs> I moved around a lot when I was little. I never knew what it was like to have any, you know, real true friends until I met uh, Roland and. Uh, and Lavinio <laughs> I <need> to stop. <laughs> um, so today I'm <laughs> I'm a bit upset but I'm also very very happy and uh, very extremely proud of you man. I, you know I would like to ask God to bless Roland and Lisa as they uh, enter a beautiful new life together if the boy get out of control, Slim got a headlock for him. Nah. You know, we ain't laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to our parents, you know, we love y'all. And thanks for all the love. And, uh, and to the two boys, the two grown men mean the most to me, you know, I'm never going to forget the times that we had. And I look forward to the future, and I love y'all my brothers so uh, let's do this one for the wood where it all started the
2: war and I'm waiting for him to say something about but he's gaining yeah that's what I. and he too. never he, he never goes there he's just like but it's all good, you know. I'm, I'm like,
0: damn, he don't say shit about the marriage. i thought about this so much. And I've thought about, I'm not going to name names, but I've thought about friends who are best men in weddings who maybe didn't like the girl that much, who were like, I'm going to make it more about the guy. But they always threw that line to just like placate her. He doesn't do that here. Yeah, at all. And I think about another friend I have who ruined the relationship with this person. He was making a speech. He was the best man. It was essentially like, I didn't like this girl at the beginning, blah, blah, blah. You know, he did the whole thing. And afterwards, like the wife didn't want him in the guy's life anymore, you know. And it was a similar speech to this. And like, I don't know. Again, I don't know today if you get away with saying a speech like that. You've got to acknowledge the girl, even if you don't want to. You have to acknowledge. Yeah. It. You know, you've been to weddings. We've all been to weddings. You only make that speech for them. The people in the audience are not paying attention at that point. Oh, Whenever someone God. speaks to them, they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The beginning when it goes too long, you stop listening, you know. So that's who you're making it for. But yeah, that I did take note of that. (laughs) I thought that that was funny because as we're
2: like to come back to the Lisa Ray thing, this is something that only went through my own head and a ton of other people who watched it. Probably all black. The fakest part about the movie, and this is what's that? I can't wait to hear this. This and this is how embedded Lisa Ray's. Or Lisa, Lisa Ray's Sina character Ray. was in popular culture. The fakest thing about the movie was you were watching it and you were like, "Nah," you were like, "Lisa Ray wouldn't let him get off like that." <laughs> Dead serious. That's hilarious.
0: I'm, still, that's... Lo- I'm still looking at stuff from her up oh, on man. my phone right now. Debrat is Lisa Ray's sister. Did you know that? Get the fuck out of here! I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, I'm sorry because I was doing my. Phone deep dive of her as you were talking about her. Because I didn't before you mentioned that she was like a big name. And yeah, apparently they have the same father. I wonder who put who on, if at all. And that's another thing that's crazy. Like growing up,
2: they both had, there was like a New York type of girl that you were used to. And like the brat or Lisa Ray was not that. Which made them even more like, (laughs) like, whoa. (laughs) You know, like
0: I don't know nothing about this type of woman. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Anything else in the wood that you want to discuss, or should we move on to our uh, questions? Um, now let's keep this. Yeah, keep rolling to the questions. Okay, so I've been asking this all year, pretty much. Who was this movie made for, in terms of like who was the audience? I mean, obviously, I think it was a black audience, right? It wasn't for everyone. Yeah. I would go out and say, on my end, I don't even think it was made for like teens necessarily. This was made for like, I don't know. I'll ask you this question: Do you think this is made for guys? Do you think this was made for everyone? Like, it's a good question. I think it was made
2: for, I think it was made for everyone. I think it was made for everyone for a bunch of different reasons. <clears throat> you know, it's because it showed how corny guys were slash are for sure, right? I think the age. Is what is so is is more interesting, you know? Because obviously it wasn't made for kids, kids, <laughs> you know,
0: or even or even necessarily
2: high school. Because I don't remember when I saw it. It came out in '99.
0: I imagined myself in high school watching this, and I think I would have really enjoyed it in high school, but not because it was made for me in high school. Be because like I don't know, I think I would enjoy the high school parts, but I wouldn't have connected so much with. The parts of them in their 20s and 30s or whatever because there's mm. a lot of like real emotions <laughs> yeah, from like growing up getting older or, like feeling like you know I think some of the subtle things we didn't talk about because we talk most about the teen things here but like just feeling like you've been with someone you gotta marry this person you know what I mean that's like stuff that they were like kind of discussing like do you feel like you have to marry this person or do you want to marry this person eventually it's revealed like wow you know they really connect that's what we're led to believe I don't know the Lisa Ray thing's kind of throwing me off now yeah yeah
2: yeah listen this is an interesting conversation because i don't get that it's a testament to the casting because you're just like you don't expect to see her saniya lathan the role that she played throughout that time period you know you were just like oh yeah that makes sense you know but like lisa ray was like oh you know he had the other girl who was fine yeah right and who was a badass she didn't take any shit so he was like a dragon tamer,
0: in a way. <laughs> That's
2: great. You know, like, he really wound up, like, being the man, you know? All you really get from him is, like, a like, do you love her? Like, yeah, I love her, man. But, like, he don't go past that. He don't say anything past that, does he?
0: Am I missing no, something? No, but I would, have, I would have thought that his friend Slim would be, like, be real with him and say something. You know what I mean? If it wasn't, if he's like, no, you don't, or something like that. He didn't say anything like that. But, who knows? One thing that we've learned in high school movies is like, it's kind of weird to assume that the 18-year-olds that fall in love stay together, right? Yeah. And on uh, uh, Mike's point of view, that makes sense, right? They didn't stay together. Yeah. Maybe they're reconnecting now. Maybe they have a night together. Maybe they end up dating. Maybe it's just that conversation and that's it. Who knows, right? But, I don't know. Do you think Roland and Lisa... Which, again, she's credited as Lisa here. Do you think that they stay together? Do you think this is going to work? I don't know.
2: If they do, he is her bitch. <laughs> I want you to just, when you have spare time, just like, I don't know, just do a deep dive on Lisa Rae's <laughs> roles in film. She has never, she has never not been the bad bitch. And not bad bitch, pardon my French but not bad bitch like you know like oh like she always comes out she's like she's intelligent she's you know what i mean like kingpin's wife <laughs> but she's really running the syndicate
1: yeah yeah
2: that's cool that's cool. yeah i like that element i laugh. yeah this was crazy this it was makes crazy me think. i was watching it the whole time and i'm like who is the woman who is the woman and then as soon as i see her, i was like oh my god that's right he just like <laughs> just dropped the bomb on us.
0: I'm glad you clarified that because, again, the, her reveal, like, they, it's like if you're watching, you're supposed to... I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who an example would be in modern cinema. I think I mentioned J-Lo before. Maybe I didn't. but like If you were watching a movie and 80% of the time you are like, who's the girl, who's the girl? And it ends up being someone like Jennifer Lopez or someone like, oh, shit, where you're like, oh, I know that person. The way she turns and the way she starts talking, it's like I should know who this is. Yeah, <laughs> does that make sense? Ah,
2: that's so funny. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so Players Club came out a year before, which cemented because we were we were like, oh, Lisa Ray, you know, badass Lisa Raybo. But then she did Players Club, and it was like, oh, she's badass. And you know, he's like we saw her nude for the first time right? This wasn't like Jesse Spano in Showgirls, right? Elizabeth, what's her yeah. name? Elizabeth Berkeley from Stand the yeah. the Bell, like, oh, <clears throat> you know, Mickey Mouse Club, and then now she's dancing. <laughs> this was like one of the hardest women you watched, and then all of a sudden she comes out in Players Club, and you were just like, man. So, yeah, that was, that was wild. I would actually like to know more about that. That would be an interesting little thing to follow about the decision in casting her and even her deciding that she was going to... It's kind of like like the first time you saw... This is a shitty analogy. And I don't know if we've ever seen this. But like, Ice Cube... In like with fucking daddy daycare or like something, where you're just like, uh, what? Like this is crazy. Yeah, but but it was still the same vibe, right? It wasn't like, oh, Ice Cube's a grown man. Like, Ice T didn't even do it, right? He's still Ice T in Law and Order SVU, <laughs> right? And she just had one of those Girl roles sad. where you were just like, you're like, oh my god, she's gonna kill him. You're like, it's this is all over. And the fact that that Mike and maybe it was a testament supposed to be a testament to Mike's character. The fact that he talked her down made
0: him, like, the diva whisperer. Somebody out there needs to get the cast together, get the crew together, and do a Q&A. Or one of those, like, those living history things where they just talk through it and they put the quotes together. Please, because I need to know. You've, you've piqued my interest. Okay, most likely to succeed. Who won the movie? Who Who comes out on top in this movie? It's a good question, I think. Ooh, it's a really good question. Well, sometimes it's obvious. I don't know if it's that obvious here. Which makes it great
2: for this movie. This answer doesn't suffice. My initial reaction is like, no one. (laughs) I mean, I think Slim, right? I mean, if we're talking about side characters, because Mike's character, once you start getting into the love stuff, you're right, we're like questioning. We're like, well, what's he doing? And you think it's his character because it's like, you know, the go between and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, oh, you haven't reconciled this whole, you know, this whole Alicia thing. So, like, where are you? That's a lot to, to have on your chest for all this time. You know, I'm still convinced Roland, when you realize it's Lisa Wright, him going and doing everything he did now, like, makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like culturally?
0: I don't know who wins this movie. Good question. I, I didn't have an answer because... I guess Mike, because he meets the girl again, but we don't know what happens, you know? Right. I don't know if Roland I mean, she wins. shows up kind of single, so we're led to believe, you know? Yeah, well, maybe Mike. I'll stretch Mike, but I don't... I really, really, really don't know. I, I think, feel like it's definitely not Roland, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to say him. <coughs> All right, Wooderson Award. Which character would you have liked to see more of if we could dive into a story a little bit more here? Whose story would you have liked to see more of? Ah, uh, you know, I actually thought about this for the first time
2: because <laughs> I always forget that this part of it. Slim, just because I love him, I feel like he's so entertaining, but I feel like he's also like got some real shit going on, you know, like basketball. He's an athlete who's no longer an athlete, which is which, always
0: is, again subtly said. Subtly yeah. said. Yeah. Right? So, like... I love that about this movie. Yeah. He's a character who... Even when he's in the room, right? Like, he's trying to hold restraint, but he wants to be like, let's get, let's get married, you know?
2: Yeah. And the fact that he's still, like, insecure enough to need to, like, talk about the truck and the car. And yeah, the, right. Like which got, is awesome, because the shoes are $300. And look, I don't
0: own any shoes that are $300. But, like... You know, it's like $300 shoes. Like, I got this car and it's like, oh, it's really nice. And it, not that it's not nice, but it's like an Oldsmobile yeah. SUV or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, he's not like, ah. pulling up in Lamborghini. Yeah. You know? yeah. It, it's it's great. And I think you and I are in the similar vein where if we're going to spend our money, it's on experiences rather than like material things, yeah, more yeah. or less. This guy is like All about showing up And again He's not pick The shoes The the, the tuxedo The hundred dollars the, the car He has to still say This shit That matters to him So So is he your pick? Would you want to see more of him? You know He's my pick This is what's so funny about movies Stacy
2: is great too But you can easily see How Stacy Was slide Into Slapstick Like I think we showed just enough.
0: They showed just enough. They showed just enough. Yeah, you're right.
2: Slim. For me, it's for me, it's
0: <laughs> definitely slim. His lines are the best in the movie. They really are. Like, if anyone's delivering them and just... Like I said, the character from childhood to him feels like the same guy. And you, you have friends. I have friends. We all have friends who are like different people in adulthood. And we all have that friend who's the same dude since you knew him, since he was oh, 15. man. <laughs> I was thinking about, he had a
2: line when he rolls up on Roland, and he's like, his breath stinks, and he's like, he's like, fuck, fuck, you've been drinking Ripple? <laughs> and like, it's small, and you probably didn't even notice it, but Ripple is this hood-ass malt liquor that you will not see. Yeah, I, I didn't even know what that Unless was. you go deep into... Like you gotta be at the most hood corner store And they, it has all different colors And it's like not wine Not quite wine I gotta, I gotta, But not quite And he's like are you drinking Ripple?" And you just know there are lines that he's just freestyling And they were just like man Here's the scene Just his breath stinks Just fucking go, go for it <laughs> Oh my god I've never even seen this I'm looking up now. It's so hood so, if you go to a place that has ripple get the fuck out <laughs> and like don't ever be in a place that has ripple when it's dark out when the sun's out when good. the sun's down good to know yeah
0: yeah okay long duck dong <laughs> award and again I want to eventually when we get a couple movies in I want to have a session where we just rename these awards specifically for these films but is there a character whose omission would make this film better I can't think of one to be honest Honestly, I I was racking my brain with this <clears> thing. <throat> the notes are played so subtly that it's really hard. There's no usually this is reserved for something that's like racially inappropriate, you know, which is we don't see that here. You know, as you mentioned, there's no white character at all who speaks it is a completely like, believe it or not, racially homogenous film. Yeah. Or a character who you're like, oh, that's too slapstick. Like, you know what? The brother Stacy, like you said, if they would have given him like 10 scenes here, believe it or not, he might have been someone who would like, "All like, alright, we get it. Sure. Yeah. But he's played subtly enough where I don't think it's here, so I didn't have an answer for this. Yeah. Me neither. And it was great because, man,
2: how good was this fucking movie? It was great because even in the last time we see him, you don't see him. And he's like... It's the sex scene and you just see like his legs but you hear him so good right right and it's like it's like all right we get you, you're starting to feel like we get this guy like we know what you're about and he was like i was just playing i was just playing and then he like fades out so yeah one or two more scenes and he he would have been it but i actually can't think of anyone
0: how about this with that stacy character right even at this point he's still living at home he still kind of has like a child <coughs> of a bedroom you know what I mean yeah yeah he's not like living on the streets or whatever so yeah. I thought that was hilarious but we don't need to literally see the character to learn all those things about him if this movie was one of those movies that really wanted to play that character as slapstick he would have come back at the end with his sister like oh I'm was friends oh, with her too blah 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 and he's in the corner saying silly shit yeah they didn't do that that's great like I was thinking like an Adam Sandler movie would bring this guy back a lot
2: <coughs> I almost feel like he He made a great film, but left openings, like how you said Stacy comes back in in Dope, Mm -hmm. left openings to kind of create his own little film culture out of this, but like it never happened.
0: Have you seen Dope? Yeah. Yeah. Dope is a great film, and this guy, this director, when he's sticking to his world, he's really good at the subtleties he doesn't have to play all the notes to be like this is this guy this is that guy yeah. this is hilarious and when I think about Dope, and when I think about this film I, I get the kind of a similar feeling of you feel like you're there you know <clears throat> Boys in the Hood is great and I love it I think we give it an A or an A plus or whatever we gave it here but I never I, I didn't feel like I was in South Central doing that I feel like I was watching and learning if yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. This I felt like I was here at this wedding yeah Cameron Fry Award. This is an award for if someone looks too old for their age <laughs> in a movie. This is an odd. Of this one, I don't. Know. What was? What's your answer here?
2: Oh man! Again, I don't know. Given the fact that a twenty-nine-year-old fairly successfully played a fourteen-year-old,
0: right? Like we have to say her. We have to. We have to, <laughs> but like I wouldn't have guessed she was. It wasn't 29. outlandish. It I wasn't, would have guessed she was twenty. It not wasn't. 29. It wasn't. It wasn't distracting. We might name this award after her at some point. <laughs> Holy shit! I mean, it's insane that a twenty-nine-year-old played a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. Maybe the Alicia Award. I don't know the Alicia Award. Melinda Williams. Yeah. Yeah. good for her
2: <laughs> yeah and it was so funny because it was like I think career wise that was where she peaked
0: mm-hmm. right yeah she didn't have Yeah, I mean, she's older than the person who's supposed to play her older version It's a, I've never seen that Ever. I've seen like similar things I've never seen that we talked again about Boys in the Hood I feel like again every time I say Boys in the Hood we should take from a jar or put money in a jar I don't know but if, in Boys in the Hood the whole thing with uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Cuban and Junior not being that far apart in age, yeah. right? I like, don't that. But we've never had like that'd be something if if Lawrence Fisher was younger than Cuban Jr., you know what I mean? So we gotta give the movie a grade, as we've been alluding to. A plus to F report card grade. Let me just give you some perspective, because I was very curious about this. Ron Tomatoes. Sixty one percent sixty one percent of critics gave this a thumbs up. Not that high, you Mm. know? But audience score, 92%. Really? So the people who wanted to see this movie and review it loved this movie. Interesting as fuck. Open any newspaper, any magazine, any internet site. How many critics are black? Mmm. You know, it's a good perspective, right? But 92% of the audience? So I think if you were the intended audience of this film... You can't walk away from this film. Not liking this film. I think if you're being like super critical, oh, this moment, that moment. Because if you talk about what happens in this film, and I'm talking to my like Oscars analytical friends, they're like, "All right, I don't see it. I don't get it." But if you just want to feel this movie, yeah. And if you're the intended audience of this movie, well said. I think a couple things, right? If you like coming of age movies, like I do, obviously. If you're just I don't know, into what's going on here. You can't walk away from this movie and be disappointed. If you're a fucking critic at, in 1999 looking for, like, what was best picture in 1999? like Oh, that's so good to hear. Shakespeare in Love was the best film in <laughs> Like, this is not Shakespeare in Love, you know what I mean? <laughs> Saving Private Ryan is 1999. Films like that, like, it really was a different world. So most of the critical things of Rotten Tomatoes come from that. Come from, like, the initial critics. of Right. Books, yeah. This film, over time, I could see on the internet, I see the chatter, has gotten so much respect that I hope it has a renaissance. I hope, not just the black community, I hope everybody sees this movie and is like, holy shit, this is an awesome, really cool film. A really great coming-of-age film that stands with any coming-of-age film, to be honest with you. So when you see that 61% critics to 92% audience... That tells me everything. I need to yeah. Say. yeah. So we also talk about Letterbox on the show. And Letterboxd is a site where the real film nerds are on. They log every movie. I was just in Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville, North Carolina has 30 breweries just in this little town. And people log the beers they drink. I can't even do that because I'm like, I've started way too long ago. I haven't logged anything. I'd feel bad about it. <laughs> people drink every beer and they just judge it and they see everything you know and I compare it because I remember you saying that I remember you saying that Letterbox is similar where it's just like you watch every movie and you really judge it against other movies and on Letterbox, where I'm gonna guess the crowd is mostly white I, I'd i have to check I, I'm just assuming
2: oh yeah look I could tell you right now the crowd is mostly white <laughs> only thing we know about Letterbox is fucking where the bills come in the mail <laughs> <laughs>
0: Fair. But this gets 3.4 out of 5, and I'll tell you what, like just for, for perspective, Kurt, what's the best movie you've ever seen? The most well-done movie? Honestly? Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay, well, I'm not going to that. What is considered a great movie? I said The Godfather before, so we'll see. The Godfather. I'm for me,
2: honestly, oh man, I don't know. Something um, like
0: that. I really dug,
2: like, Any Given Sunday at the time was cool. Oh
0: I love Any Given Sunday. 25th but...
2: Hour was cool. 25th yeah. Hour, maybe. 25th Hour. I, I don't have a favorite movie, but like when I think about the movies that are like at the, like at the top of the list, 25th Hour is up there. Let's just see.
0: Let, okay, that's a good example. 25th Hour on Letterboxd. I said an Any Given Sunday. <laughs> 25th Hour on Letterboxd. You enjoyed the movie. Great movie. I yeah. love that movie. 3.8 on Letterboxd out of 5 at a 5 but nobody gets a 5 on Letterbox. but does anyone get in the 4s like what's a 4.5 so, so, so Godfather I'll look it up a Godfather letter these are just like nerds who analyze everything who the and I, and I whatever I'm not so what the know? movie needs to be fucking long Godf- like
2: Godfather was fantastic Godfather like,
0: is 4.6 so it's not even a 5 what else is
2: what else is there just ask a movie where was where was it's so funny because now I'm being hypercritical do it and I was going to be like where was Goodwill Hunting but it's like, you got Matt Damon and Ben Affleck attached to a film. And
0: people could be like, Meh. But let's do it. Let's do it. Letterbox. Oh, this is fucking interesting. Just for, it's not your perspective. It's like the perspective. No, of but areas. you're learning the... 4.2. Pers- Pretty good. Anything in the fours is good. It's great. Do you want to venture a guess on what the wood got on Letterboxd? 2.8. 3.2 somewhere
2: between 2.8 and 3.2 I'm 3.4 sure.
0: which is 4. actually really
2: good I consider
0: on Letterboxd but because Letterboxd is hardcore huh but which is they're not I would say this in High School Slumber Party on this show we don't get any fours everything's in the threes right that's like pretty good for a movie that I'm just gonna go on a limb I think most people who are on Letterboxd are probably not 100% connecting with sure you know, if you want to say the percentage of people who graded that who know Lisa Ray? Not a lot. Yeah. You know, so I was actually impressed by that score. That's so fun. This is a well. How good movie. was this movie, yeah. bro? How good was this movie? Let me just read you some and I normally don't do this, but I just want to read you some letterbox reviews, because when you put the score, you put a review, you know, of what people said about this movie. Here's here's a four star review. This shit is so good. A lot of stuff in the flashbacks definitely hold up to modern attitudes, but it still works. I love Richard T. Jones, who you loved as well. I loved it well. Also, seeing Tay Diggs in a position where he's more goofy than cool. Okay, sure. yeah. The corner store arrest scene is so funny. All the stuff with Stacey is a highlight. A real comfort movie. Yeah. Five-star review. It's by Silent J. I never realized until now, but I think that would my my favorite coming-of-age movie. There aren't many films out there that speak to the black childhood experience. And this guy goes on for paragraphs, so I'm not going to read it all. It would take literally 10 minutes. But he goes on to say like he watched it, he didn't realize it, and it's like, shit, this is a great movie. Here's a shorter one. Here, three and a half stars by someone who reviews a lot of movies named Sam. This is a good coming-of-age movie that I don't hear enough about. And I think that sums it up. When we talk coming-of-age movies on this podcast, you never mention The Wood, right? Like, and even... I don't want to put this on, like, my top movies of all time or even top coming-of-age stories, but in that second tier of, like, the can't-buy-me-loves and shit like that, it belongs here. It really does. And it's not there. And I want it to be there so bad. So back to our question, A plus to F, where we've already given a lot of A's here. What do you grade the wood? Well, okay. So this is
2: interesting because now after we did House Party, I was excited for movie three before I even knew what it was gonna be because now we have an ecosystem. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's funny because I think A or A minus. It's funny because after watching The Wood, I feel like House Party deserves a B plus. Wow, you're a downgrade, House Party. I feel like House Party deserves a B plus oh my because God. <clears throat> because it was nostalgia, but it was my first nostalgia film that didn't fucking scare the shit out of me, right? So like, Boys in the Hood was terrifying, right? Yeah, House Party was great, and like I identified with it, but didn't like totally. get... I don't know. The wood was just. This was like this is hard. And I was already thinking like, all right, the wood definitely gets an A. And then after talking about it for the last couple of hours, it's an even higher grade. Nothing gets an A plus, right? So nuanced, covered so much, so much shit. And uh, how does it go? A plus, A, A minus, then B plus. Like, how do the grades go? That's how it goes again. You know, I feel pretty confident saying that The Wood gets an A, and The Wood might wind up being one of the higher... I didn't say it's about House Party, but
0: it'll be one of the higher, if not the highest movie. I felt like House Party was classic, but this was relatable, if that makes sense. House Party felt like fantasy, and it was great, but this feels like reality. Reality comedy, like, again... Boys in the Hood is like reality drama. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 This is reality comedy. I'm going to give it an A. It's still in that A range. And I think some people are listening like, "What do you only give A's in this in this show?" But oh, we're going to watch some B's. We just watch. I think like, we're going to watch in. some C's and some D's. <laughs> you know I mean? they are going to have some failures here. They yeah. really are. <laughs> this movie, I can't speak about it enough, and that how impressed I was with this film.
2: I didn't know what to expect. I'm so, I'm so hyped. (laughs) I was watching this movie so hyped (laughs) that you watched this movie.
0: I'm happy to hear that because, like, I didn't know what to expect because, I don't know. I I thought, like, I didn't say to my my friends who I was talking about, like, Have you seen The Wood, I'm like, we've done three movies and this is the, you know, I felt like it was, like, the blackest movie I would watch of the three, right? Because I'd seen the other two. when I say that I don't mean it in a crazy way like I'm not gonna like it I mean in a way like oh I was afraid there was to be like inside jokes I wouldn't get you know what I mean yeah or, or stuff like that like just yeah. cultural stuff that I didn't experience so I wouldn't understand it but the universal truths of this film are universal truths that everyone I think goes through so I, I can't speak about this movie enough it deserves to be again maybe not in that for me <laughs> not in that highest class of movies in High school slumber Party but definitely in that next class of, like... I don't know why I keep thinking about Can't Buy Me Love or other, like, 80s films that people treasure and adore, that this is it. This is there. Yeah. And this is not does not get the love that it deserves as one of those just benchmark coming-of-age films. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, and I think one of the things that's cool is, like, culturally... This movie does what probably, this movie does what a ton of movies don't do. Not just like transcends culture, but like keeps culture, right? Like this is a fucking black ass movie. But you're identifying with all the teenage shit. I feel like great art is like a mixture of, oh man, I identify with that and I don't know shit about that. And then, like, discussion happens from great art, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, even the Lisa Ray thing, like, when we were sitting here, I was like, oh, my God. There's no way. You are, are, without a doubt, one of the, if not the most, just, like, socially and culturally just adept and perceptive people I've ever met, which is why I just love talking to you about random bullshit. So, <laughs> like, I know that if you fall down a hole... You know, with like the Lisa Ray or some of the, uh, you know, the contours that we've been talking about with this thing. You'll be like, oh, shit, I get it. And you'll bring up something that I didn't even know. But this movie is so good because of that. And honestly, just her. Like, she is like a representation of what they did. when you were like talking about waiting for the reveal. And again, I watched this. I watched this. I watched this today. And I hadn't watched it for like at least like 15 years. And I was like, <gasps> like, holy fuck, like it was her. Like I was literally That's like awesome. on the couch, like nervous for Roland, for Tay Diggs. <laughs> like, how could you do that to her? Were you fucking crazy? <laughs> like what happens from here?
0: You know? That's great. That's great. <laughs> okay, silly questions that we gotta do. Them. Sleeping bag. does <laughs> your the wood sleeping bag look like? I mean, the corny one would be a log
2: because it would just be wood. Don't do that. <laughs> um, personally, and this is like the nuance of the film, it would have the fucking grits, whatever those grits... Right, when he was <laughs> like, we're not cooking you breakfast. Dude, whatever the grits were, it would either be the grits or it would be... It would look like the vest of the fucking... Of the wedding. But that might be harder to like decipher like
0: what? What is that? I don't care. That was actually my pick. Oh what? <laughs> because like nineteen ninety nine, you went to a wedding, that's what people were Yeah, there. you were looking like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It just You mattered. had a vest of a color, you know, like <laughs> whatever the weirdo color was. And you just rocked it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. a good question. My favorite question I ask every time I do an episode here. We're in the magical, magical blockbuster that has every movie that we've ever, ever released on planet Earth up until this date. We know that you and I are watching. We're watching the Wood for this slumber party. But we got to watch two other movies because we get to that front counter and it says, "Rent two movies, get one free." And I say, "Kirk, go to the back, get two other movies." What are we watching with the Wood? Yeah, so I had a subscription
2: to Paramount because. I was hungover and binge-watched season one of The Real World. Oh, wow. Right, That's on Paramount? It's on Paramount. It's phenomenal. Go back and watch it. It's so random and hodgepodge, but that's another conversation. But I canceled the prescription. I let it ride out because I finished The Real World. I didn't want to watch anything else. So they were like, <laughs> well, you, can, you can pay $5.99 to re-sign up for Paramount or two ninety nine dollars to rent this movie off Amazon, which is how I watched it. Oh, interesting. Right? So I watched the movie on Amazon. And when it's finished, this isn't saying the movie that I would rent. But Amazon, the same way if you're on YouTube, it does the next video yeah, based yeah. on what you watch. When this movie was over, Amazon did like a next film up and had the scroller where I had 20 seconds to get out of it. before they <laughs> It was waiting to exhale. <laughs> I love, it. love and it. I was laughing my <laughs> ass off, like just seeing the vibe, you know? So it's waiting to exhale of one of them. It's not know? waiting to exhale. That was way too like my mom and my aunts and my sister. And it was just like. I remember my, even my mom got that soundtrack. Oh, the soundtracks and shit. <laughs> but I, I didn't watch that. Waiting to exhale is almost like, you know, like when you're young and like in church. And you're like, man, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. Like this whole experience isn't making me feel good about myself. Like that's what waiting to exhale was like. <laughs> like as a black man, it was like. Wow, well, you know, um, two movies. Yeah, you gotta pick two. We're we're gonna slumber party. You know what? If we gotta pick two, I would go waiting to exhale. All right, let's just do. to fucking make a hard left and be like, man, we're gonna sit here as two dudes and watch this black woman movie, and I bet you it'd be fantastic because anything with Whitney Houston is worth watching. Um, Tales from the Hood. Tales from the Hood. Tales from the Hood is a... (laughs) I don't think I've I've seen this. Oh, yeah. We're about to get real, real I know Tales from the Crypt. Nope. Tales from the Hood. So the brother, Stacy, I really only remember him from this other movie, Tales from the Hood. And I think it was three separate, like, scary stories. Oh, my God. This movie is is fucking, I'm reading about it now is ghetto as shit <laughs> <laughs> but like I was thinking about him and Tales from the Hood watching this so we'd be watching Waiting to Exhale so... which is on one side of the equator and Tales from the Hood which is on the complete
0: opposite pole it's that's so different yeah I love it that's great Tales from the Hood that's yeah. awesome that's awesome if you haven't seen it I have not I did not even heard of it until you mentioned it right now I'm yeah. reading about it right now <laughs> This was awesome. I thank you for bringing the wood to me, for spreading the message of the wood to me. And I feel like we talked a while, but it was just all good conversation, all fun conversation. I'm so happy to have seen this movie. Anything else you want to say or mention? I can't wait for the next one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I would say to those
2: who are listening, don't expect the next one to be this good.
0: No, I think we hit three good ones early on, but who knows what's next. Now it's time to... To get up in the
2: culture, <laughs> that's what you got to do, right? You got to put your best put your best foot forward, and once you're in, just... and then once you're in, just get ratchet with it. But um, <laughs> I was glad to watch this. It was definitely a reminder of this is a fucking great movie. It was a great movie, and you know what? To say one of the best movies I've ever seen, no, would be crazy, but one of one of the most go to movies that makes that's made me feel good. Right? Like, yeah,
0: for sure. Like, feel-good movies in my personal catalog. The Wood. I think you said it so great. This is a feel-good movie. Watch The Wood, guys. So, Kirk, thanks so much. I can't wait to talk the next Black Teen Experience movie.
3: If this world were mine I would place at your feet all that I
4: own. You've been so good to me. If this world were mine, I'd give you the
0: Ooh, the smooth sounds of luther vandros of course the track off the wood soundtrack huge thank you for kirkland shepherd kirk brought such a great movie today the wood i'm ashamed i hadn't seen this movie but happy that i've seen it now and we were able to talk about it this is why we do not just a black teen experience but this is why i podcast frankly yeah there's some classics and i love talking about classics but god it feels good to discover a new classic right so the wood if you haven't seen it if you didn't do your homework check it out if you listened to that whole episode and not seen it that's really weird so watch the wood and once again big thank you for kirk of course i have to assign you homework friday we have another episode mike manza will be here we're going to continue our cory lap (laughs) we're talking a good one a classic cory movie this time cory haim and we're talking Lucas. You must be Lucas. I've heard a lot about you. Really?
4: What are you doing? You collect insects?
3: Well, to collect them, you have to kill them. I just look at them. That's nice. It's perfect your name's Maggie. (laughs) Perfect. You don't like it? I do, too. It's nice to know somebody has... Really heavy thoughts. If you're so depressed, how come you're eating pizza?
4: (laughs) Come on! I'm a party
3: animal. Not everyone has to be glamorous to have someone fall in love with them, you know? I wouldn't stick around to see the movie. I'm going to be looking for you guys afterwards. It's called the process of natural selection suicide he's gone out for the football team Well, the males who demonstrate physical prowess are the most attractive to the females this equipment just doesn't fit it's you that don't fit what'd you say all right come on you heard us. me what <laughs> position prone uh,
1: lucas lucas
3: you're big
0: you're not cut out for this
3: you have no right to stop me lucas you and i were just friends you can't make this clip.
2: Ever! You know how wonderful you are. Like the way you're thinking now.
4: Lucas.
0: Both Mike and I are stoked to talk, Lucas. I cannot wait. Check it out this Friday wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening today. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, cageclub.me, the flagship for this show and all the other great pop culture podcasts in the Cage Club universe. Check our archive out, out there. But if you're not listening at Cage Club and you are listening on one of the many, many other places you can listen to us, hit that subscribe button, please. Give us a five-star rating. Write a review. All that helps out High School Slumber Party and all that helps movies like The Wood get discovered by more and more people. And, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying discovered. Maybe it should be, again, shame on me for not discovering yet. But if we can touch one more person with The Wood... well, that sounds bad. (laughs) I didn't mean it like that. If we can enlighten one more person on how great this movie is... I'm a happy camper. We'll put it that way. <sighs> I think it's time for bed, though. So remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop looking around once in a while, you could miss it. Later, dudes. Oh, and we got to get out of here with the lead track. The lead track on the wood soundtrack. Back in the Day by Ahmad.
2: Jerome! Round. Jerome! Round. Put on that Bobby Womack!
0: Nah,
3: no, girl, I want to go way back. Oh, yeah, check this out. the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore, but some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore, but some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was
1: just a little nigger, bro, I looked up to my bigger bro, begged if I could kick it, so when he went out with girls, I could go tagging along nagging. If she had a sis, maybe could mack a baby hood rat. Y'all remember way back then, when it was 1985, all the way live, I think I was about 10. One of those Happy little nigga singing the blues That be always trying to bag with the shag And karate shit Saying yo mama black His mama this, his mama that Then he get mad and wanna scrap We stay mad about ten minutes Then it's like back on the bike To play hide and go
3: you still here? It's over Go home
2: No.